And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Do I have everybody's attention now? I'm so jacked up just thinking about this match and I'm standing and pacing in my dead. Mikazi now, he's not okay, so, so Mik- he's not a kid anymore. He's, he's, he's a boy, he's a man. He's a man, Mikazi. Are you He got PWS Superstar Brian Buck. <laughs> and he was gone in two <laughs> So it's In-Go-Ber-Nalis. In- or Nablis. in go ner you're missing a B there, but that's There's a B? This is what I'm talking about. These letters don't go together. Oh, you're having a wank, are you? And it's like, no! Many, 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 makey, 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 pishy, pishy! Listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crage. <laughs> I like him. Who delivers <laughs> this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. Like in, the, in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? <laughs> Stop yelling at me. I agree. Welcome back to the Voice of Wrestling Podcast with Rich Craig. I am internationally acclaimed broadcast journalist Joe Lanza. Rich, I was going over the format sheet that you sent this week. Yes, the very intensive format sheet that, you know, I sent out, uh, what, two days prior to our every podcast we record? Then we have our pre-show meeting, and then we – and that's a day prior. We have our pre-show meeting a day prior. We convene about a half an hour before we record this, and then we're doing this. So we, uh, we're not short of preparation here. So yeah, basically, every week, every week. Basically, I got this format sheet about eight minutes ago, but <laughs> that is not true. That is, it was at least an hour ago. Uh, okay, all right. Uh, yeah, you, you're right. It, it was it was it was about an hour ago. But the, the the point I'm getting to here with the format sheet is it was interesting because um, I had some topics in mind for the week, and and of course um, they're all here. You, you, I think you nailed all the key things. But I was interested to see if you were going to include one certain topic that I wasn't certain you were going to include. And to be completely honest, um, 
I, I wasn't going to say anything because I was curious to see if you would include it. You did include it. I was a little surprised. I thought you would forget about it. And I really wasn't going to say anything if you did forget about it. But I just think it's funny because it was like the fifth topic down. Um, do you want to take a shot at what I'm surprised? Ooh, that you- let's see here. Um, the fifth topic down. Well, roughly, you know, I'm not, you know, looking at. Was it the Lucha Underground part? No, it was the, um, you know, WWE. Oh, yeah. They're having a tournament to determine <laughs> their new world champion. Yes. And I got to tell you, when I was thinking about topics, you know, normally a uh, a podcast or a radio show of this type, that would automatically lead off a show. I mean, oh, absolutely. That's a huge. They're going to determine a goddamn new champion in, like, <laughs> in a tournament style thing. Like, that's pretty cool. That's an enormous topic. And I have to tell you, I, I wasn't <laughs> sure we would even address it. And it's on my short list. It's on there, but I don't know if we necessarily have to. I mean, we, I guess we kind of have to, but yeah, it was, um, it was, I think one of the last things I added. And it's funny because it's like I say, a a show of this type where you try to talk about the news of the wrestling world and talk about everything that we possibly can and try to try to hit all topics and follow all corners of the wrestling globe. Um, you, you know, how many wrestling podcasts this week you think are talking about this tournament? And I would assume that there are many, and maybe I'm wrong um, about that. But you would think that this would be, uh, you know, a more uh, you know front and center topic for a show like this. And I was wasn't really sure you were going to include it at all. Um, and I, I and I really wasn't going to complain about that. I got to tell you, I really have no interest in talking about it. Which yeah, kind of speaks <laughs> to my point. And look, I know that we're not. Look, this is not – We're not trying to be that popular. No, we're not. I'm not. We're definitely not trying to be those guys. But and, we're, and, and at the same time, this isn't the most WWE-centric show. But with that said, if you're doing a show like this and you're not talking about WWE at all, you're completely lost. You, you, it's the biggest company in the world, and, and, and you have to talk about them. But this particular topic, for whatever reason, for the size and scope of – you know, they're doing a tournament to determine a new world champion, and it's like – I mean, I got to be honest, I didn't even watch that Raw. Yeah, I didn't either. Well, nobody did. <laughs> Actually, the, yeah, clearly you weren't uh, the only. Yeah, yeah, you weren't alone, and I wasn't alone, and there were a lot of people that didn't watch. I have one question for you, though. As far as like the tournament and your interest level and all that sort of stuff, I don't know if you followed along the news as it sort of progressed, but did your interest level change from when they announced that there was going to be a tournament for the new world champion, and then when they announced the tournament and showed the brackets and that sort of stuff? Did, did it change for you, or from the get-go, were you just kind of like, eh, whatever? From the get-go, I was kind of, eh, whatever. Um, okay. See, I, w- I wasn't. I was pretty interested in it when I first heard the news because I thought, okay, here's a Well, what, what, a really bothers, good chance. what bothers you about the tournament? And I guess this means this is our it. lead topic. How meta. See how, how meta. that works. But uh, what, what changed <laughs> for you once you saw the brackets? I think it was – and I guess it, we always talk about like working yourself into a shoot and getting like too excited for something that you probably shouldn't. But – I at least had hopes that there was maybe going to be something a little bit different about this tournament. Maybe you bring in a few guys from NXT. We had, t- we, you know, we'd seen the rumors that F4W had mentioned, which apparently were just complete horseshit, or they just couldn't do it, that they were calling in big names. They were seeing who could come and who would do this thing or whatever. And I guess it was just sort of, as we said, like, you know, working ourselves into a shoot, me thinking, hey, they're going to be pretty fun here. Maybe there'll be like one or two NXT guys. Maybe there'll be like something interesting in the brackets, just anything. And then, I guess it speaks volumes to this roster right now and 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 what they've sort of done with it is that when you release this this bracket, and to be fair, a lot of the guys that should be there are all there. 
but it just shows how weird and like just unimportant this entire roster is. We've we've spoken about it on many occasions as well, and, and we've said it on Twitter and all that sort of stuff. You can argue this is one of the deepest rosters WWE has ever had in terms of like pure talent, in terms of the depth they have and all that sort of stuff. Yet when this roster, when this bracket comes out rather, you look at this and yeah, a lot of the guys are there. Everybody that you sort of assume the top 16 guys, you know, give or take a few guys here are roughly here. And then it's just like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I did the matchups, I did it in my head, and I went, yeah, I don't really care until the semifinals. Like nothing is going to matter until like there's just no matchups that intrigue me whatsoever. It just speaks volumes to what this company has done booking wise and what it's done to its supposed stars and how it's just I don't know. I I I, I was excited and I think it, once you put, you know, pen to paper and look at this roster and look at what they could possibly do with a bracket, it's like, okay, maybe this is the best you can really do. I mean, what what else do you do? Completely, is a Finn Balor in here really gonna? Because then I thought about it, okay, add Finn Balor to it. All right, like <laughs> instead of Finn Balor, instead of Kalisto, we have Finn Balor. Like, okay, I mean, it's still. Wait, is Kalisto just... really in it? Oh yeah. Who did he lose to? Yeah, I'm sure he lost in the first round. This is gonna shock you. He did not. I'm. 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 Listen, this is. He won. I gotta tell you, this is embarrassing. I don't even know what's going on in this tournament. All right, let's 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 do a little recap here. Um, I know. I know one. I know <laughs> Since one. Only know Roman Reigns is I know in it. one result from from one. Ma- I don't even know what round they're in. And look, I promise you. And look, people who listen to this show know. But I'm really not trying to be that guy. I just. And if you if if you the people who follow us on Twitter, like, I've not even tweeted about this at all. I've been tweeting about primetime wrestling all week. <laughs> I've been tweeting about Noah, which I'm super into. I've been tweeting about everything but this tournament, and it just really struck me when thinking about this show. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked at how little I care or how little I've been into it. But yeah, please. Yeah, well, actually, one, one of the other things, too, and I, I, I don't know why what triggered it when you were talking about it there, but something that made me a little interested as well is the idea when they first mentioned it. And again, it was a lot of people running with ideas and running with, with, with you know, things that were being said and kind of going nuts with it or whatever. But one of the things that I really enjoyed is they said, hey, we're going to have a you know, world title tournament and it's going to culminate or you know, it's going to be at Survivor Series or whatever. I, I, I don't know if I heard culminate the first time they said it. I just heard world title tournament at Survivor Series. And then I thought, oh, cool. Survivor Series is going to be a whole like I thought so it'll too. be a, a one night tournament. The only or one. I think everyone thought that. Yeah, and in that case, I was super excited because I went, okay, cool. And maybe they didn't Maybe they didn't say culminating at Survivor Series. Maybe they did say at Survivor Series. And a lot of people went, holy shit, this is really awesome. Like, it's really cool. Because then I, I think I'm a little bit more into it. Yeah, you're going to get some of the complaints that you're not going to get these long matches. And the things that I complain about Survivor Series matches, there's going to be some matches that end with a roll-up or they're going to be in five minutes or whatever. But at that point, you at least know, sitting down, I'm going to watch this 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 tournament in one night, it's going to be, you know, you know, and a lot of these aren't great. Like WrestleMania four was not a great tournament. Uh, Survivor Series 98. I really enjoyed that tournament from a booking standpoint. It's, I think it's like, I always say it's the absolute best of Vince Russo ever. Like it, it's, it's everything that Russo does, but it works. It's, it's all intertwined stories and they all come out in the same result and, and everything makes sense at the end. And it's all really like, it gets guys over it. It changes like that's, that's his, his absolute peak is that survivor series 98. But you know, that's another tournament that, you know, in ring isn't great, but it, it's interesting. It's fun. It has some, you know, it's dynamic. You, you sit down and you watch and go, cool. I'm gonna watch a whole tournament. Like in one night, they're going to, they're going to start with all these guys and then someone's going to win the title. That's kind of cool. The second I heard, Oh, it's on Raw and SmackDown dead absolutely dead it didn't matter who the people really were i think that didn't help either but now i'm remembering that's really where i lost all of it it was like ah shit it's just gonna be you know we're gonna get the semifinals 
in the finals at, at the pay-per-view that that's i don't like that i that that and it goes with king of the ring too i always liked when king of the ring was like let's have this whole big tournament then when it got to the semifinals and finals i completely lost all interest in it yeah to the point where you know it was irrelevant but you know let's, let's go over this tournament here real quick um for maybe people that don't know, maybe there are like people like you, Joe, that, that aren't quite sure what's going on and give people kind of an update as well. So I'm going to start from the top left of the bracket. You have Roman Reigns and Big Show. Uh, Roman Reigns moved on. I, you can pretty much. I saw that I, match. That, I can actually yes, talk oh, about that one. There you go. What was that? It was all right. It was a decent match. I, yeah. You know, I, I put the I put the Raw on at work because I work on Monday nights and nobody. Did you see uh, the pre-match promo or the pre uh, the promo from uh, Triple H to start off the show? I did not. I did not. It was good. It was really, really good. I put on the Raw when while this match was on. Nobody was in the restaurant. Uh, I would never put that on in front of people. Uh, but I, I put that on in the just in time for this match. This was a nice little match, a decent little match. All right, so yeah, obviously Roman moved on. We'll, we'll go back and, and circle back and talk about you know full-on things here in a little bit, but I'll just go through the bracket right now. Uh, Cesaro versus Sheamus. Cesaro moved on, so it's Cesaro and Roman Reigns. Cesaro beats Sheamus? Yes. You're serious? Yeah, I'm serious. All right, all right. That's shocking to me. Legitimately shocking. <laughs> That's good. There, see? How was that? You start did you see the match? I did not. I didn't see it either. I don't really watch. <laughs> don't really why, watch why does anyone listen to this? Okay. I don't know. We're gonna talk about a lot of really cool stuff after. Yeah, we did watch eventually. Yeah, it's it's just been really for me, and it, it's I, I talked about it a little bit on Twitter as well. And and I'm a guy who, even when I wasn't really that into WWE, there's been little periods here and there where I've fallen off. And 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 but ever since basically we started this site, I have made it a mission to at least watch the YouTube videos, at least watch at least an hour of Raw, maybe the first hour, maybe the last hour, bits and pieces here. I was home on Monday. I really wasn't doing that much, but I just could. It's There's just so much else to watch across the world, you know, in terms of stuff that we're going to talk about here, so much classic stuff to watch, so much to do. It's just like, I, I just can't do it. I just do not want to devote myself three I'm hours tell you to doing I'm that. Tell you, like, I'm going to tell you another reason why I'm not into this either, and before you go on with the results. And it's something I talked about months ago. I don't care about this title right now because they've made me not care about it. Yeah. It's been it's been centered around the authority and a storyline that I just don't give a single shit about. And it's been centered around Seth Rollins as as the is as this as this guy representing the authority. It's been a very storyline driven title. And for me, I have no interest in that. And 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 you know, I think this would be a nice sidebar before you go before you move on. Rich, when you think about this company, WWE, and I, I have my answer in mind already, there are two titles in this company that I give a shit about and that I wouldn't miss a title match for anything. I'd go out of my way to watch to watch title matches involving two titles, and then there's two other titles that I have mild interest in, and the rest of the titles I don't give a single shit about. What, what titles do you care about in this company? Uh, maybe the IC, but... Not really that much. Uh, I think that's probably it. You know, yeah, know, I see. All right, you, you're not thinking. See, to me, the NXT title. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, okay. you were. You just weren't thinking about NXT for whatever reason. To me, the NXT title and the NXT Women's title are the only. Two, oh, okay. Are the okay. only two titles? Because I was like U.S. Like, do you really care about the U.S. title? Well, like, I don't. Those are the only two titles I care about in this company. Yeah. Because they're booked the way that I like my wrestling. You know, those two titles are just there's no bullshit. There's no overbooked garbage. It's just, all right, here's the number one contender. If you get through this guy, here's the next number one. Yeah, there's progression. There's solid progression of you. You can sort of see when a guy's being groomed for it. You see what happens. You know, they get their shot. You know, it's it's you can follow it. Yeah. 
There's there's a they give you a reward for following the Samoa Joe storyline for the past six months or whatever. Or, you, you know, right now, currently the Apollo Crews storyline or whatever that, that's going on or whatever. You, you, you get rewarded for for sort of following up and watching for weeks on end. Whereas, you know, the IC title can can change on a whim every single night. And it's like, well, that, no, nobody wants that, though. That's not what people want. And the, the only other two titles that I even have mild interest in are the NXT tag team title and um, and the Intercontinental title because Owens has it. And he, I think yeah. he's he's starting to rebuild that thing, but look, we it, look. I have no confidence that they'll see that through. Um, it's just Owens. He'll lose it on some random SmackDown once or something, and it'll be over. You know, you know Owens, Owens is such a compelling figure right now to me that I would never miss. I, I would try not to miss anything he does because he's just to me. He's, he's the he's been the best person in the company this year. Oh, leaps and bounds. Yeah, and I, and I, I think character wise, yeah, I, th- I think there's guys. You know, you you've always mentioned the in ring stuff, and and I think there are gonna be people that are gonna argue with, with Cena and all that sort of stuff. And that's not to put C- Owens out at all. I mean, obviously, he's been fantastic. I'm just saying he's one of maybe a few that you can make an argument with the Rollins, a Cena, maybe, uh, you, you know, possibly a Lesnar if you really want to make that argument or whatever. I, I'd probably put Cena, Rollins, and Owens in the top three or whatever. But as far as like a character, oh, it's not even close. I mean, they're they're in main roster WWE. I don't think there's one other guy that's even in the same universe as Owens right no, now he's the most compelling uh character on the roster without question and to me like you just said you can make some arguments for some others but to me he's been the best wrestler in the company this year too I can think of one bad match that he's had all year and that was the Ryback match on the last pay-per-view that was a bad match yeah all these other guys you're naming look Seth Rollins had a month-long months-long stretch where he was pretty bad um you know Cena he had the Rusev feud and and that Alberto Del Rio thing, which was awful. Um, so you can point to really bad matches, high profile matches that these other guys. Lesnar, look, I've loved Lesnar, but look, what's he had four matches all year? Yeah. And one of them was a Kofi Kingston squash, which I enjoyed a lot. But I mean, you know, Owens goes out there, and whether it's on on main event, SmackDown, Raw, a pay per view, he goes out there and he kills it every time he goes out there, and has great NXT. He has great matches. NXT, he has great matches every time he goes out there. To me, he's been the best wrestler on the roster this year. And he's most compelling. To me, he's the, he's the he's been he's been the best person in the company this year, um, you know, in, in my opinion. And um, you know, because people like Lesnar and, and even Sasha Banks, there's just not enough meat on their resume for me. And if they had more meat on their resume, you know, they'd certainly be better contenders. It's just to me, it's Owens. But so so the Intercontinental title to me, I have some mild interest in that only because of the person who holds it. But really, it's just the two primary NXT titles um, and the tag titles, which here's the thing. If they decided to flip a switch and treat the tag titles with the, the same respect that they treat the two singles titles in NXT, that'd be right up there, too. Oh, absolutely. It's just kind of an undercard thing, which is fine. You know what I mean? It's going to take a little while. That one's going to take a little while to build, too, because you had a lot of really kind of bad teams there holding it for, I mean, the Ascension for a long time, you know, the Vaught Villains, that sort of stuff. They've gotten over that now, but it's going to take a little bit of rebuilding. In the sense where the other titles never really had that, but and that and like you said, that's not something they can't do. I mean, it, it, it's just going to take a few months to kind of get it. But th- I mean, they're on a good path right now. That 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 Dusty Classic did a good thing. You know, I think it really went a long way in, in showing that hey, there's teams here. There's a lot of really talented teams, and they all want this title. And that's that's another thing too is there's a want of the titles more than you get in WWE, where where you know they project it that everybody in that roster has a goal. We want to get this title. We want I want to be the world champion. I want to be the you know the women's champion. I want to be the tag. You don't get that. I mean, WWE is just like their accessories, and we know that. That's what they want them to no, be. They I don't want be, them to be I a desire. Yeah. I want to be the face of WWE. What is it going right. to be? They're, they're ex- yeah, they're accessories to to a, another story. I mean, that, and that's we know that's what WWE does, though. So yeah, it's 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 just a buildup of so many things right now in the company, and it, it's just come to a head this year more than any. 
Because I've always said, I, I've always thought, say, yeah, go ahead. People say we beat up this company, and we, to be fair, we probably do. But, but the fact of the matter is, we're not outliers here because look at the ratings. Yeah. This shit isn't connecting with anyone. I, I mean, they, they're just continue on this downward spiral with, uh, with general interest. But go ahead. And there was not much on Monday either. And that, that's kind of the, been the joke now is, you know, you know, everybody goes, oh, well, it was a big Monday Night Football game. And like, yeah, the Bears were there, Chicago Bears, which I know pulling huge ratings or whatever. But it was the Bears versus the Chargers. And I'm sorry, I'm living in Chicago. There, there's a lot less Bears fans than there were a few weeks ago. You know what I mean? Like they're not it's not appointment television to watch the Bears anymore. And then, you, on, you know, NBA, you had nothing, I think, on NBA TV, you had like a Sixers Bulls game or whatever. So maybe all of Chicago was busy watching, you know, other sports or whatever. That, that doesn't that doesn't tell the, the full tale. I mean, it was still just there was a lot of stuff but it's there's no reason in looking at it week by week i mean look at the entire thing and you know brandon howard you know on twitter he's at uh, a decorative job uh he's one of our you know staff writers whatever he he'll post that that graph that he has every single and and you look at it and it before the nfl labor day came everybody stopped watching and they haven't come back yeah they just have not come regardless back. of the game it's it's bottom it's just bottomed out and and that's you know, that's not going to sink the company. They're not going out of business right away because I know people, when you mention ratings, people go, oh, yeah, they're doing fine. I mean, look at their Q3 and all that sort of stuff, which is fine. But it tells a bigger tale of of what people think of the product right now, of what, you know, how people view the product. They're just not watching the TV anymore. They might be buying stuff. They might be buying T-shirts and buying the paper, which is fine. But the TV is in no way compelling enough for them to watch it. And it's it's proven that out. So yeah. even with a world title tournament, I yeah you thought, and and that's one of the reasons why I was kind of disappointed. You, you know, they didn't do the the, the one night tournament. And I get okay, you know, I get it. They want to stretch this out because, and I'm sure this was their theory too. Hey, we'll stretch this out. We'll get big ratings, you know, on the build up to it. And then the first one is oh shit, less than you know, <laughs> less people watch it than they watched two weeks ago. Which is don't it's you just, think it speaks yeah. to the damage that they've done to their titles that they can have yeah. a world title tournament on Raw and it's not like the biggest thing they've done in years. Shouldn't yeah. this be the biggest thing they've done in years? Oh, no question. And, and it's like it, it just really exemplifies the damage they've done to that title over the years. Well, and the roster too, because you have a thing where, where people go, "Ah, oh, yeah, Roman Reigns is probably going to win it," and then you, you know, and there's you're really not even hearing people come up with any other possible scenarios because in which anybody no one has any faith that they're going to push exactly. anybody else. Right. It's it's like the fans have just all been beaten and defeated. Like, why is Ambrose? Like, think about how do you not make it. Where people at least have in their mind, and, and there's been some people that have said maybe he'll turn on, you, you know, become heel or anything like that. But again, that's what the big conversation is—not who's going to become the champion, who's winning this tournament, oh, who is going to side with the authority in the main event. Like, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. you watch that match and go, "Oh, I can't wait!" Or, well, "Let's see what's going to happen. When are the and, authority you know, going to come thing. out?" Not only, like, is, every, like, not, not only like, is everyone picking Roman Reigns, the, the big thing is, will he join the authority? Because that's what they've built this company around. Who's yeah, who's. You know, and, and, and then look, I remember when I was a kid and this is a little before your time, I guess. But when 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 they announced the WrestleMania four tournament, man, you know, listen, you know, I was 10, 11 was years old was or whatever so it I was. Wasn't, I wasn't too into it, but. you know, nine or 10 or whatever the heck I was. It's like that was the talk in school for what felt like a year. Now, realistically, <laughs> you know, it was several months or whatever. It was what from January to April or whatever the case. But well, no, no, cuz it was right after Tuesday in Texas, right? No, what am I thinking of? Oh, that main event, main event when Double Hebner's. Oh, yeah, da, 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 da. I'm, I'm mixing up. What the hell was that? Tuesday in, Tuesday Texas, in Texas was when Oh, that was the Royal Rumble. The Royal the Rumble did that. Never mind. Okay, Claire. I'm mixing mine I think up. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. The main event, the Double Hebner's. Okay. Yes, Double Hebner set up the WrestleMania 4 tournament. Hogan and Andre got the bye. And then you had everybody, and and I remember right, right. in school, you know, the big thing, you know, uh, you know, 
recess at lunch or whatever. Everybody booking out the tournament, trying to February. Uh, that was in February. That so February, early, early February, February until you know. You know, and, and and granted, look, we were kids. You look, the adults knew that you know this was going to be Savage's time or whatever in hindsight. But you know, as kids, as fans, as the kind of people who aren't watching Raw anymore, is the point I'm trying to make here. Is you know. I was trying to make a case for Jake Roberts working his way through the tournament, DDTing his way to the title. And, you know, you know, I had friends who were Ricky Steamboat fans or whatever, and it, you, none of us liked Hogan. So we were all trying to figure out ways for Hogan not to win it. And it's just, you know, it's it's it was the biggest thing in the world to us. And I know now I'm a jaded adult, and at that time I was a wide-eyed kid who just loved wrestling. But this tournament does not feel like the biggest thing in wrestling to anybody, and it should be. And, and, and look, I know they have their injuries or whatnot, but it doesn't help when people like Titus O'Neil are in the damn thing or Callisto. Yeah. That doesn't help. That's a joke. Yeah, like that. That's not. Yeah. All right. So let's keep let's keep going. Now, Cesaro Sheamus, I'm sure was a great match. Those two guys always have great matches. Yeah, I, I did not watch it, so I can't tell you. But you can read our raw review. I'm sure Brian Rose gave his opinion on it. But <laughs> that's, uh, Del Rio Stardust. Apparently you did not read the raw review either. I, I did, but I, I I didn't retain any of it. I, I edited it, but I don't remember actually anything that was said. <laughs> so that's that's another unfortunate problem with uh... shame on you not reading what's on the website. <laughs> I read it. I just you know it's it's raw, and then when it's over, it's it's over. So uh, Del Rio Stardust. That sounds that sounds like a real uh, yeah. The headlocks were flowing on that one. Oh my I'm God, sure. I mean, how did I not tune in for that, Rich? Stardust uh, Del Rio won. In case you're curious, we're, we're the Ascension so. at ringside because that was <laughs> really holding the, up little signs. Hooray! Heading to the juice of that one. Oh God, how dry is Del Rio? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad a lot of people are. Can we just come to grips with this? This is record. No, it was record time. It was almost within three minutes of him like <laughs> like debuting, where where it was like, oh my god, Del Rio. Oh yeah, Del Rio sucks. Yeah, shit. All right, <laughs> sorry. Let's, I mean, let's pe- move on. people make a case for this guy sometimes because he does a cool arm bar now and then. This guy is dry as a bone. I mean, can we just admit it that this guy stinks? I mean, he's I enjoyed him a lot during the uh, the Ricardo Rodriguez early era. That that I enjoyed. I, I I think there was a lot of that. That the entrance was pretty cool. I thought, and the ascent. I mean, when he was kind of rising up through the ranks, it was kind of fun to see. Rich, his... rich, rich. Give me your five favorite Alberto Del Rio matches. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's what it comes down to, right? I mean, the guy stinks. Can we just admit that he stinks? I mean, he had a little bit of juice in Lucha Underground. Okay, but even then, you know, the matches didn't blow my doors off. He had a lot of juice when he came in the AAA because he played off of the racism thing. And that was kind of cool. And, you know, he was this big time baby face. Um, But it's like, you know, this guy in this company, he's just he's 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 just the definition of mediocre. And how all wrong is this thing with Zeb? I mean, it just doesn't it's it's all wrong. Nobody even even normal people see through it. I think I think everybody is just like, what? And he doesn't need anyone to talk for him. No. He's a good talker. It's with, babe, it might be his best asset. The guy can talk. What does he need Zeb for? And it goes, it runs counter to everything that Zeb has been saying for years, teaming up with a Mexican. The whole thing is just, a, it's just broken. It's a disaster, the whole yeah. Alberto Del Rio thing is just broken. And I really wish they would have panicked and thrown money at someone other than him. Can we give a nut? There's a, a million wrestlers in Mexico. We got to bring this guy back. Can we try someone <laughs> or, else, please? Or we could try two Mexican superstars. I mean, look, you know? we get it. You don't think Callisto's the answer. You clearly don't think that that that, that Car- the other Sincara is the Okay, uh, uh, fine. I don't think those two guys are the answer either, to be completely honest with you. 
But can we have tried? Could we have thrown money at someone else? Give someone fresh a shot here? You know, it, it, it's so what if they're 5'10? It's 2015. <laughs> it's 2015. Daniel Bryan's 5'7 on a good day. And the fans pushed him to the main event of your WrestleMania. And we're, we're still worried about Alberto. We're still bringing Alberto Del Rio back because he's 6'3. Yeah, and he looks the part, yeah. He's 6'3, okay, but. It stinks. <laughs> Alberto Del Rio stinks. No one cares. Oh, God. Kalisto Ryback. And Kalisto won? And Kalisto won, yes. I don't even know how to react to that. There you go. Uh, move on to the other side of the bracket. Now, that was, that was our thrilling left side of the bracket. So I know you're... Uh, uh, so we got semifinals. We got Roman Reigns versus Cesaro and then Del Rio versus Kalisto. In a battle of future Mexican superstars. These matches take place like on SmackDown or something? or uh, Some of these did, yeah. I, I was going to say spoiler alert. By, by the time everybody listens to this, there, there won't be a spoiler anymore. So, All right. I, move on to the right side. Titus O'Neil, Kevin Owens. I saw that. Kevin Owens. That's won. another match I saw. Yes, I watched that match at the restaurant. And I, right. and I thought to myself, why is Titus O'Neil in this tournament? Was the, your boy... Your boy uh, he he doesn't respond to big situations very well I, as a singles wrestler. I was talking to someone on Twitter. It was Trevor the Irish Wrestling? I think it was Trevor the Irish Titus Wrestling. Titus O'Neil. Yeah. And this is a guy who clearly peaked on Superstars in 2014, where he was having these awesome little six to seven minute matches against your Kofi Kingston's and, and people like that. Uh, believe it or not, yes, uh, New Day superstar Kofi Kingston was a superstar stalwart not just a year ago, Rich. Um, they were doing nothing with that man. Um, so it shows how fortunes can turn for anyone. But um, Titus O'Neil had a great year on Superstars in 2014. He was the Superstars MVP by anyone who paid attention to that show. Great matches with Big E as well, another New Day member. So there you go. Um, and and then he went to NXT and basically just let out a wet fart on that run. Yeah. And um, look, the Primetime Players tag team was not a good tag team. Um, and, 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 and they got that weird title run that no one understood because they weren't over. Remember that? And then, um, you know, basically Titus O'Neil has done nothing on the main roster. He's basically just a guy who has a really good hot tag. He's a great hot tag. He comes in on the hot tag and murders you. Here's the problem with the Titus O'Neil hot tag. When you've seen it once, you've seen it. You know what I mean? You've seen them all. It's like, he, it's, it's always the same sequence of moves it's always the same and it's a really cool hot tag but there's nothing beyond that he brings nothing else to the table he seems like a great guy uh he had a great 2014 under the radar but you're absolutely right he has not been good on the main roster he was not good in nxt um and he's really old he isn't he like 40 uh, oh yeah yeah he's he's an older dude yeah so it's like i you know uh I don't know if it's exactly just, 40, 38, 39, 40, some, somewhere in that range. But yeah, he's an old There's guy. no upside is the point. No, no, there's nothing there. So, and it just speaks to that. Look, this is the kind of guy he'd never be in this tournament if they didn't have all the injuries they had. Right. I mean, you know, so. Uh, Neville King Barrett. Neville moved on there. So you got Owens Neville. That'll be fun. Okay, so hold on now. You have a 16-man tournament, <laughs> okay? And you put two guys in there who feuded with each other for two months. You can't give us a fresh match here? Nope. What is a fresh match in this company either? 
I mean, it's a it's a tournament. You There's can... like four. There's like four of them, though. There's like four legit fresh matches in this company. Oh, right. But you couldn't do Titus O'Neil. Yeah, I mean, Barrett this is this is a pretty glaring versus... one. Yeah, that that's but, yeah, that's like. You know, you, you, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a it's a nitpick. Yeah. Uh, Ziggler Miz. Well, let's move on. Ziggler moved on. OK. And then Ambrose versus Tyler Breeze. Oh, who, so by the way, if you, if you read the Observer this week. With yeah, yeah. If you read the Observer this week, which is just a hilarious thing, is um, you know Dave's going through who would be who, who your top heels are in WWE. Like legit, okay, you know who, who are the heels right now? If let's say none of these guys turn heel, let's say Reigns doesn't turn heel, Ambrose doesn't, turn, they go status quo. He made a case that Tyler Breeze is the fourth biggest heel in this company. Like, think about that. Guy's been up here for like three weeks. What does he consider Lesnar? Uh, he, he, I don't know if you put him. I don't anywhere. know what the hell Lesnar is. I don't know either. And I have either. another question yeah. for you. You have a world title tournament and Brock Lesnar <laughs> isn't in it. Eh, it doesn't care. Eh, it doesn't need to be in there. How is Brock? How, what is the king? At least explain. I did that. Maybe I mean, they did. Look, I don't know. We know why he's not in it. But what is the kayfabe reason that he's not in this tournament? They, I don't know if they ever did or not. I'm assuming they didn't, but. How yeah. can they justify that? <laughs> they can't make up a reason. Because you're too dumb, you don't know that. You don't know who the, you don't know that he exists until he comes in, until his music hits. And you go, oh yeah, Brock. And they wonder why no one gives a shit and didn't watch. <laughs> why, didn't, okay. why didn't Tyler Breeze face Dolph Ziggler? Aren't they feuding with each other? They are, yeah. Would it have been that hard to swap <laughs> the Miz with Tyler Breeze? Okay, you're beating Tyler Breeze anyway in the first round, right? Because he lost yeah. to Ambrose. He lost to Ambrose. Yeah. Okay. Why didn't he just face the guy he's feuding with in the first round, and and give that? Match- I want to save that that mega matchup for later. And and who cares what you do with the Miz? You know what I mean? I I don't I don't. There it is. We've we've already spent entirely too much time on there. So you got Owens, Neville, Ziggler, Ambrose. Uh, basically everybody sort of assumes we're gonna get Roman Ambrose in the finals, at least at some level. I I, I think that's safe to assume as well. And then of course, unfortunately, the story becomes okay. Who's turning heel? Or nobody does, but I think everyone's going to be watching. But that's the story. The assumption that one of the two is turning right. heel. The story is heel. who's going to turn heel instead of who's going to be right. the champion. The story is going to be who's going to be the authority lackey. Mm-hmm. That's the story instead of who's going to win this title. It's amazing. It, re- it really is amazing. Remember when they had that like one-month window where they really could have ran with Dean Ambrose? Remember that? Yeah, it was last year, right? Yeah. Boy, did that window shut with a thought. Yeah, oh, yeah. They, uh, they made sure to they shut that one. Really that was, one that, was that two years ago now at this point? No, that was, I think it was last year's SummerSlam, right? Isn't that when he came back? It was around last year. I think it was last year's summer. He came back because he filmed that movie. And then I think I, – I seem to remember like Seth Rollins was climbing up some ladder or something like that. And Dean Ambrose came out and the crowd just fucking exploded. And then like two weeks later, he was like losing. You know, or, or they, no, 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 they no, did that match. Two weeks later, and, like, he was squirting mustard at people. And, oh, that you – know. <laughs> I forgot about the, the – <laughs> Because you know he's he's crazy. And TVs were blowing up and stuff, and then he he feuded with uh, career killer Bray Wyatt. Remember? You see, Rich, he's crazy. Yeah, he's he's, he's unstable. unstable. This man, this man yeah. is unstable. So he's he old. He's a clown. I remember. Yeah, because he was like walking around New Orleans being a clown or whatever, right? Yes, this man is okay. so unstable that he will squirt <laughs> condiments at you. This, this man, you never know what. This that's what people. That's what people really want to root for is a guy who's weird and eccentric and. And you know, I was I was wa- you know the, I was watching this primetime wrestling before we started, and they showed a segment from TNT of Randy Savage on a on a uh, psychiatrist couch, mm-hmm. and the psychiatrist they were doing word association, okay, and Randy Savage was so terrifying in this segment because 
he he had this aura at that time where you he legitimately was like unstable. Oh yeah, no, and like you you were say. actually I, I remember watching those old promos and I I've seen primetime wrestlings where I'm assuming that he's just gonna turn around and just backfist Elizabeth at any point. You, you know what I mean? Like he's so crazed at that point. Yes. That you're like, oh god, like don't don't talk. Like Elizabeth just just stay back. Like and she's like got he, this look on her face like she's about to get backfisted. Yeah, right, right, right. She it's it's very, it's kinda no like it, it's kinda icky now when you watch it, but at the time I could see it. I mean it worked but well see, for what the character here's was. Yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. I don't think it was icky. Because he was a bad guy. Exactly. Right. But the thing is, people hold that Randy they people hold Randy Savage in reverence now and uh, the macho man. Rich, that gimmick couldn't exist today. Could you imagine if they rolled a gimmick like that out on Raw next week? Of this psychopath who was clear who they're clearly insinuating is abusive to a ninety pound woman? Could you imagine? <laughs> and these dopes these dopes who write blogs and they're on the internet and on Twitter and everything else who weren't even hey, we're dopes on the internet who, that write blogs. Hold on a second. Who weren't okay. even born? Who weren't even born in 1986 at the height of this gimmick? Who hold this character and this man in reverence would have been the first ones campaigning at the doors of Titan Towers to have this thing shut down if they if, if it happened today. Absolute dopes, Rich. The man's gimmick was that he was a woman beater. Well, and that, what's funny about that, though, is because we always talk about that, too. And we, we always talk about when people get really mad at when heels are, are being bad, which, I mean, I, oh, my God, imagine that. When, when, But the problem is, A, he got his comeuppance a lot of times. And then, B, what made it so poignant when he did eventually, that WrestleMania 7 thing where Elizabeth comes and he says, I love you and that sort of stuff, is that you had all the stuff prior. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, that's what made that a cherished moment is that you had all the other stuff. So it's like people that complain every single time when there's a gim- a bad guy who's offensive, he should be, it's okay that he's offensive because it, it, if he ends up winning in the end, if he calls, you know, if if, if he targets, like, like the worst one ever that I always remember was Triple H targeting Booker. Remember that? I forgot the, what the hell WrestleMania it was. But Triple H basically insinuated, hey, black guys don't win titles because because we said so. Remember that? Yeah, I do. He said, people like you don't win titles or whatever. And then they were talking about him being a criminal and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, you know, there were people that were upset about that. I remember on message boards, people were like, well, that's racist. And I was like, well, I mean, Booker T is going to win and he's going to win the title. So he's going to prove that the racist guy was an asshole and, and wrong or whatever. And then Triple H just beat him with the pedigree in the middle of the ring. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, all right. To, well, that was, Rich, you needed, that you was needed horrible. To, but... You needed to pause and do like the broken record sound and then say yeah. that Triple H ended up because, yeah. Because the the heel ended up winning, that just makes that, that completely awful. racist and awful. Right, but if someone's offensive as a heel and then they get their comeuppance, they lose in the end and they're embarrassed in the end or whatever, that's an okay story. It's it, like, have you ever watched like a movie, Joe? Have you ever seen like a movie? I'm rich, I'm not. Familiar. That's occasionally what happens in movies: what is the bad these? guy's like bad, and then at the end, you know, he doesn't get his way, and then you know, the good guy. What are these wins. moving pictures? I'm not familiar with. This concept. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, wrestling is entertainment, just like a movie or a television show. And and, and it's like, yeah, but you know, that's just the way, look, this is a Lanza unfiltered topic, but that's, yeah, no one cares. And no one that's listening right now really cares because everyone's on our side. This is compelling, but I mean, you know, that's the way kind of society's going because you, you do even see people complaining about these sorts of themes 
on television shows and in movies too, which is it's very annoying. But yeah, episode two of a TV show, and you're already like, oh, this character is like, well, let it, <laughs> let's see, like, you know, you know, it, it's it's like, can you imagine Breaking Bad, like the second, the fucking, the after season one, you're like, well, this guy's an asshole, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's, it's the thing I was point I was getting to with Randy Savage was it's like I'm watching Randy Savage, and he he truly came off as unstable. I, I thought he was going to jump off of this couch. And just attack the psychi- the psychiatrist at any moment. You had no idea what was going to come out of his mouth, his movements, his cadence, the way he talked. And you know, Dean Ambrose had that same thing going, but in a slightly different way in the Shield, and then slightly after the Shield. But once the subtlety hammer took hold, and once they went too far with it and had to pound it down your throat, that this man is unstable. You know, this, this Dean Ambrose, he can, he'll, he can do anything. You never know what this guy's going to do. And he became a rodeo clown. It all went out the window and they completely slammed the window shut on what they had going with this guy because they didn't just, it, it, everything has to be micromanaged in that company to the extreme. And they, to me, they potentially blew a money drawing baby face. Well, he's a guy right now that you should be legitimately thinking of, okay, this guy has a legit chance of winning and, and not that he's going to turn or whatever, but that he, you know, he has a chance of possibly, you know, becoming the champion and being, you know, having a decent run with it. But it's really not. I mean, the only way that anybody sees him winning is if he becomes, you know, a patsy for the authority. So, I mean, I'm just waiting for them to somehow ruin Kevin Owens in a similar manner, but he stayed shockingly. Okay. For a while, there was a point where they kind of, it was getting kind of close there, but They've been able to do it pretty well uh, of keeping a little bit out of it. So Kevin Owens, I mean, it's like it's I I don't it, maybe because he doesn't really have a defined gimmick that they can hammer home. Maybe that's the, what what is the reason they haven't been able to destroy him. I mean, because what is his gimmick? He's a guy that fights. You know, it's like you know, there's nothing there for them to latch onto, and 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 for Vince to scream in that in, in the headset, you know. Uh, you know, talk about how unstable he is. God damn it! I mean, there's, yeah, there's right. nothing for him to do with Kevin Owens to to ruin and to overdo or to or to water or whatever. It's it's, but yeah, it's like Ambrose had that savage thing going, and he should never smile. Dean Ambrose should never smile, even as a babyface. He shouldn't. He unless it's some maniacal smirk after he nearly murders someone. He should never. It's like he's become a clown, and it really is a shame. So it wouldn't, I mean, you know, I, it wouldn't shock me at all if he went heel. And, you know, I, it wouldn't shock me at all if Reigns went heel either. But I, I really don't care who wins the tournament. Do you care who wins the tournament? No. Does it matter to you who wins the tournament? No. Not I really don't care. It's, it's, so I'm glad we talked an hour about something we don't care we about. <laughs> but but the, the overall theme here is... We needed we, to. No, we needed The to. overall theme here is we shouldn't have that feeling. We should, no. We should really care who wins this. We should be breaking down scenarios and stuff, and we do that stuff for for everything. I mean, it, yeah. it, this podcast is made, as you said, for something like this to happen, and for us to just spend two hours saying, "Okay, well, in this scenario, this guy wins," or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and who cares? Like, did we even talk about it last? Oh no, we didn't know about the injury yet. Last we week. didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, or did? Mm, no, yeah, no. I think no. We must have known about the injury, didn't we? No, I think it, it I happened think that on that broke day later that night, or while. Was it later that night? Okay. I don't remember, but I don't remember talking about this at all last week. Maybe it was Friday. It might have been the night at. Well, whichever. But yeah, that's 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 that. So, <laughs> any other thoughts, WWE wise? Or you, you're pretty good now. I think we. No. Let's talk about New Japan. Have you heard of that company? I have heard of that company. Yeah, it's cool. They had a Power Struggle show. Um, pretty good. 
It was over the weekend. You reviewed it for the site. Enjoyed it. Dave gave the uh, the <laughs> semi main event tag match four and a half stars. Okay, I'm sorry. That's a, it's got to be a mistake. It's got to be three and a half, right? We've had some people that said, "No, I gave it four and a half," like on Twitter or whatever. I, I you read his recap. I, I don't know. Half, like, people are four and a half star match is a match of your contender. That's what I said. Like that's an all time like four and a half, and like people are like, "Oh yeah, it's four and a half." You know, they're, they're, and I'm saying there was like one or two people that said that. You really have to understand what four and a half, like. There's not much more. There's not much higher to go then. Like, it's a, you know, you're that's not a, you're fractured the stars away from like this is an all time great match. Like, that's yeah, tricky. That match was okay, but like, yeah, I don't you know. Put it over super strong. Yeah, on, on the audio, but I, I, as strong as he put it over, I didn't get the indication he thought it the was four a and a half star strong. Yeah, like that's because right, like that's you have to add to your list. Yeah, that's. Because he, he, he blatantly said that Ishii Hanma was a match of the year contender and one of the best matches of the year. Right. What did he give that match? Uh, four, I believe. Less than the tag? It might have been four and a quarter, actually. It's four and a quarter. It was less than the tag for sure. So he gave it. So that, okay. Right. It's a mistake then. Because he, he, called, he called the never title a match of the year contender and one of the best matches he's seen all year. He didn't say that for the tag. He, he put the tag over, but he didn't put it over to that extent. So it has to be a mistake. I'm going to give it. And listen, he'll, if you ask him, he's never going to answer because he doesn't like talking about the star ratings. He gives the star rating and then he doesn't want to talk about it anymore. Right. But um, I think I gave it three from that mistake. You gave it three. Yeah. And I, and I, so I spoke highly of it in the review. It was very good, yeah, and the and the post match segment was fantastic too. I think that's that's an important post match was well. incredible. The post match was great, and and maybe the, a lot of the rating is that, you know, for Dave. I don't know. I tend to think, you know, even if no matter how good uh, an angle, is, I don't think it can add like you know <laughs> one and a half stars to any. Rich, you know, what I mean? Rich, like you could do. I'd like to talk to Tom after a match, and I'm not bumping it up to four and a half from three. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like you're not going to be like, well, that gets two more stars now. Like. So, so uh, speaking of angles that you can't do in 2015, which were yeah, uh, yeah, I think but, that but, one, yeah. I, the know. black eye damsel in distress. Actually, no, I you don't. Know what? Uh, you might be able to do that one because it all turned out to be a ruse. No, because people go nuts before it would even. Fi- but I, but it turned out to be- like even in the, even in the ten minutes they would say, oh, it's it's Joe. Come on, in this 2015. Why am no. I giving people the benefit of the doubt? You're absolutely. Are you kidding? But, but yeah. I mean it. it it turned out to be a ruse at the end of the right. segment. But people would say that it insinuates that that's okay or that you can use women as objects to get something over. You know what I mean? Like, oh, no. Right. Come on. Oh, you know who they'd come down on that segment is 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 Dr. Tom because yeah. he comes out there and he's like, look, I told you not to get with this guy and I told you this was going to happen. He, I think he calls her he calls her a bimbo like four times yes, as well. Yes, so that's, I think that would it, not go over well the either. The gist of it was like, look, dummy, I told you. I told you he's going to beat your ass and he did. And so you know what? I don't feel bad. To you. He would have right. ended up being like, but but like, like that's the guy he, they would have right, came down on. Yeah. They wouldn't have come down on her for fooling him. I think they would have come down on him. Did, or they would have yeah. been on, on Gordon Soley's case because he's like, look, I don't have time to get Tom Pritchard lady remember he was like i was busy he's like look i got a show to do here we got a squash match to get to uh i don't have time to get tom pritchard for you okay so so hit the bricks is basically what gordon soley they would have been all over gordon soley and tom pritchard and they were the baby faces in the segment so it's just interesting but um but yeah you have a power struggle yes but yeah you can't there's no way that the post-match could have bumped it to four it's a mistake he obviously i have got to give him the benefit of the doubt but hopefully 
I've never seen him. He bar- he almost never responds. This Curry is insane. Did you see that shot? <laughs> what is that? Yeah, what are you what doing? What is that shot? You know what that shot just was by Curry? And I apologize to like the European people who listen to this, but that shot by hey, Europeans like basketball. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, all right, yeah, they, you know. Uh, but that shot by Curry was like on NBA Jam when you're on fire and it's just this. Yeah, or like that. That's sh- that's a shot you take when it's like a one-on-one game and like you mistakenly pick up your dribble. <laughs> yes. You know, you're like playing with your buddy or whatever, and you're like sh- mistakenly picked up your dribble and just threw it up. Like, not- but he's got four other guys on the court and five people trying to guard yes, him. Yes, he's like, I, I have to shoot. He was right. Like that's me and my buddy in the and I was like, oh, it hit off my <laughs> knee or whatever, and I lo- lost track of the ball and like. He's got two yeah, men on him. Two. One of them's a center. He's falling <laughs> down, and he just throws it up, and, and of course it goes in. This is unbelievable. It's insane. But, uh, yeah, look, it, it, Dave's never going to bring it back up, but that had to be a mistake. And it was right. a perfectly good match. And the angle, I thought it was – look, this was a tremendous angle. And remember, last year they did that great angle where Okada DDT Tanahashi in the aisle. Remember that? Yeah, was it a DDT or a tombstone? I don't remember which one. It was a DDT or a tombstone. Was it a DDT? Okay. Was it a tombstone? You might be right. I don't remember. I remember some move because I remember just that crying child. There was that child in the front row that was just so distraught. Yes. Okada gave him the tombstone. It was a tombstone. Oh, was it a tombstone? Okay. I think you're right. You're right about that. It wasn't a DDT. Gave him that tombstone in the aisle. And I believe that it was at the World Tag League final. Yes. So it was a a month later. And you're right. The crying child. That child was so distraught over this that Tanahashi was left laying. This was a better angle than that. Yeah, I thought so too. I think that's the theme of this entire show is that if you if you watch Power Struggle as a pure like in ring, I don't know if it, it was good. It was very very good on that sense, but it's not really one that I would say. Yeah, you save for like a few matches here. We'll we'll talk about those. A lot of these you don't really ever have to like watch again and like sit down and and, and really watch as a match again. But angle wise, it was super important. It was obvious that they had intentions that hey like let's let's basically wrap up a lot of the big stuff for Wrestle Kingdom right here, right now, which is, it, it was fine. It, it was very good for that. And it got you ready. I mean, we have half of our card already set with tangible stories already being, you know, talked about, written, you know, that sort of stuff. So in that sense, it was, it was, it was great for that. It was a very angle heavy show uh, as, as much angle heavy as new Japan's going to do. You, you know, it's not backstage crap and stuff like that, but all in ring stuff, all guys making challenges, that sort of stuff. It was very heavy on that, but still, I thought a very good, you know, top to bottom show. Yeah, very good show. Not a show to your contender or anything like that, but um, it was a strong pay-per-view. So you want to start from the – Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's start from the top here. So we had our Young Boys versus Randoms match. We had David Finley, Jay White, Shotanaka, and Yohei Komatsu versus Jushin Thunder Liger, Mascara Dorada, Taguchi, and Tiger Mask. All right, so I thought this was the worst match on the show, and but it was, it was, never. It was perfectly fine and perfectly average. But it was the least interesting young lion opener that they've had in some time. I really could. Yeah, we put it over because they've had all throughout this junior tag. The, the openers with the young lions have been fantastic. They've been really good. They've been fun. They've but this yeah, this one just didn't. It's just dry. It just didn't do anything for me. Um, so you know, it was a match. It was there. It was fine. There was really nothing wrong with the work, but. There was nothing here, you know. Usually these lions, they give you something to sink your teeth into, and and it just that this match had nothing. Uh, and then after the match, we had a little bit of the uh, the Liger Tiger Mask hint. So that looks like that could be a Wrestle Kingdom one. I would assume that it's going to be one that goes on one of those little sideshows. Like they did the same thing last year, right? Where where that that NWA Junior or the NWA Junior World or whatever was like a it didn't main event like what it show was, was earlier that? this year. It was when Liger. Oh, that, that's right. That was yeah. I, I'm saying next year, as in I'm already in 2016. And it was Liger had the title. Tiger Mask made the challenge, 
And was I, it New Year's Dash? No, they did it on. We looked this up because we talked. Oh, about it was it the Hinokuni, the Hinokuni match. It was. It was on the New Beginning tour on a house show. Oh, that's right. It was one of the. Um, okay, yeah, 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 I remember that. Hinokuni was Makabe. Yeah, right, and, right, right, um, right. And um, um, Makabe was it Makabe and Ishii? A never ti- it was a title match. Yeah, never, never it was a t- it was a never. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, but if we'll you remember that. early in the year on they they did Tiger uh, Tiger Mask challenging Liger on a house show, and they also did Kojima challenging Tenzan on a house show. Yes, for yes, yes, heavyweight yes, yes. title, both on the same tour on random house shows that did not air on New Japan World. You had to search for those matches. You the 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 Tenzan Kojima match for sure because I had interest in that because of Kojima and I it, it was that had to be uploaded by people. It wasn't a New Japan. It wasn't even a New Japan World show, if I recall. So yeah, you're right. Uh, the last time they did this, this time with Tiger Mask as champion though, which is the yeah. difference here. But people are saying it could be on the dome, and look, they very well could make that a dome match. First question for you. Would you have a problem if they used up a dome slot on Jushin Liger versus Tiger Mask? No. Neither would I. It's Jushin Liger. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, anytime you can feature Jushin Liger, I think is a good idea. Okay. But number two. Especially at this time in his career. Yeah. Sure. And But the other thing is, I think I agree with you. There's two excellent chances to do this match. Well, three, because you brought it up. They could do it at New Year's Dash. Okay. Or they could do it. And actually... I think that's why you're confused. If I'm not mistaken, last year's New Year's Dash did have an NWA Junior title match. Yeah, didn't it? Oh, that was the Chase Owens one, wasn't it? I can't remember. Or was that? I let me let, let's see here. Let's. Okay, let's, I'll cause... talk. I'll talk. The producer will check this out. While I'm... <laughs> Sorry. The only thing I was gonna say was there's other opportunities to do this match not at the Dome because you could do it at New Year's Dash or you can do it. I looked it up. They announced the shows. There's two Cork and Hall shows Christmas week. Remember, they always do those. Horkin shows Christmas week. So you, you can you can throw that level of a match on one of those shows, either as the main event or semi-main event. All right, uh, New Year's Dash was Liger versus El Desperado. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay, so I knew there was an NWA junior match. It was Desperado, that's right. And then those guys took off for Noah shortly there. Right after that, actually. Yep. So so that was it for that. So, uh, so yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I don't have a problem with it either if they do it at Dome, but they have three big opportunities to do it elsewhere. Uh, four, actually, because mm-hmm. you could put it on the World's Tag League show, too. Right. Right? You could put that as like the fourth match oh, absolutely. Or on that show. So we'll see what happens, but I don't have a problem with that match. I'll, I'll be into that match. I don't mind that match. A Liger singles match for a title? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. I, I think on the Dome would be a fun one. I think there's going to be enough people that are going to really like that, especially, like I said, you don't know how many more years you're going to really have Liger. Put him in, you know, featured stuff. I think. Why not? I no Give him five, ten minutes. Whatever. You know, who cares? Yep. Uh, Doc Ellis, Tamatonga, Cody Hall versus Captain New Japan, Juice Robinson, and Togi Makabe. This was the, as we said, I think in our previews, the literal, oh my god, who's left on this card? Okay, you guys, go out there. <laughs> Match. Um, especially with, you know, Doc Ellis not having his normal partner and just everybody else just sort of being lost in the shuffle in some way or another. But um, not, like, painfully awful, but just kind of there. This was a perfectly average match, which exceeded expectations because everyone thought it was going to be terrible. Uh, the captain was great here, I thought. He was fun. He was fun. And I actually thought... Um, I should really... Great. Great's a little high. <laughs> it wasn't great. Fun is a good was, word, Rich. Fun's yes, a fun. Word. There's a better word for Captain New Japan. Um, Rarely is he great, but... Yeah, I mean... Awkward. Is he fun? Yes. Yeah, he's fun. You know, he's... He, He's got he's got some decent spots. I like when he misses the double where they just step out of the way of the double clothesline and just falls on his face. Yeah. I mean, I will never not pop for that. I mean, that's just, just, just and it and it's and it's also on the people who, who the opponents were moving like the looks on their faces. It's just a great spot. But I mean, 
look, this was six guys who had no reason to be in the ring with each other. Usually, I mean, not usually. Every time with these New Japan six and eight mans that we all hate, there is at least a purpose to them because you have rivals on opposite sides. Two guys who made. We talked about the opener. Match. The opener was a randoms match, but it was essentially to get over the, the Lions, Tiger though. Man. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and it's Young Lions, right? Right. Whereas this, you had six guys who had zero association with each other. I mean, there's just no reason for these six men to be in a match against each other. But it's like you said, Doc Gallows was without his partner, so he was kind of like the lost dog here, and which means Cody Hall had to actually be booked on the show instead of just standing around at ringside. And he just had this completely random team of Captain New Japan, Juice Robinson, and Togi Makabe. On top of that, you have arguably three of the worst workers on the roster in one match. So this was a recipe for disaster. And it ended up being a perfectly average match. So, And I remember you know, in real time on Twitter, that was kind of everyone. Everyone was just chomping at the bit to rip this match to shreds. And then we all watched the match and said, eh, that was okay. There was nothing wrong with that. Yeah, right. I move on to a match that I was very look, very much looking forward to, and I think you were as well. Evil, the debut of Evil versus Hiroki Goto. I thought, uh, first off, we'll talk a little bit about the presentation of Evil. This was his first, you know, big moment to come out. Uh, entrance, I thought, was fantastic. He's, you know, carrying a giant axe. He's got great music. There's, like, a light show or whatever. It was a, a badass entrance. Just really, really looked good. He looked in tremendous shape as well. I think, I, you know, we talked about one of the big things of him going to America was they wanted him to gain weight or whatever. It looked like he lost a lot of weight, or not, like, a ton but he seemed to be a little bit slimmed down to what I saw, you know, in his peak Ring of Honor days. Did you get the same idea as well, or Here, was that just something I? I think what what I'm going to talk about the presentation in a minute, but I think that what really struck me here along those lines, I did not realize Hiroki Goto was that much larger than Watanabe. I mean, he was twice the size as Watanabe, and I think the reason you think he lost weight is because it's kind of like the difference. Okay, you've been seeing him in the ring with Roderick Strong. That's, okay, yeah, right. Who's 5'8 and 170 pounds or whatever. I'm probably selling him a little short. Maybe he's 180 or something like that. But his name is taller than 5'8. And now. Oh, he's, oh, no, he's, he might be shorter than and, <laughs> having Having stood next to him, that's. And, you know, yeah. then, then going from seeing him next to guys like that. And now he's in there with Goto. And maybe we just undersell how big a guy like Goto. Goto's a large man. And this, I thought, you know, in my mind's eye, these two men were the same size. But- I think they are. I thought they've been listed as similar. I think Goto, from what I remember of doing kind of the New Japan uh, wrestler profiles for the ebook, I think he's like, I think they list him at six foot two. 237 or somewhere around there. And I think, I thought Watanabe was 5'10. So only a few inches shorter, and then. But you saw these guys standing. Yeah, I know. I I, I could have swore every way they've been. I'm trying to remember back to what they what they always said. uh, Build Watanabe as, and I I always thought it was like five ten, two thirty, or something like that. So I mean, when they were face to face, it looked like Goto made him look like a junior. I mean, the size difference was that drastic. So I don't know if he lost weight or if he was just next to an enormously larger man. But yeah, the the size thing did strike me too. So I kind of had the same thought there. As far as the presentation, I think this is really, and I wrote this in the review, this is really teetering on the line between something that's really cool and something that's way too over the top and goofy. It's right on the line. I don't think it crossed the line, but when he had lasers coming out of his fingers, (laughs) they were creeping to the line. And, okay. you know, I don't think it crossed it. I still came away thinking it was... I like a little cheesiness in my Japanese wrestling, though. So that's why I won't... I, I, I'm i okay with it, but yeah. This, But here's the thing, and I made Bray Wyatt comparisons in the review, okay? Here's what... This is how what's going to come down to, though. 
if his matches stink, it's going the, the gimmick is going to come off goofy. Mm-hmm. If the matches are good, it's not going to matter. Because that's really what it's going to come down to, especially in Japan. The thing with Bray Wyatt is, we're all sick and tired of his promos that don't make sense and his goofy thunder and lightning. But part of that is because his matches aren't any good either. So there's nothing about the act to latch onto at all. And that's kind of be to me, that's going to make or break this too. Now, this match wasn't good. But here's the thing. This wasn't about the match. So I can, I'm giving them a pass. Yeah, the match, the match, it was very methodical, very slow or whatever. But when it was over, I was just kind of like, hey, this wasn't, this wasn't meant to be a, you know, a match that we're supposed to break down the spots. And so it was mainly a story driven, hey, here's what evil is and here's what he's going to be. And that's, so yeah, I kind of let it down. I, I, the match itself didn't do much for me, but when it was all said and done, especially, you know, the end, which we'll talk about here in a little bit where Naito comes out and Shibata runs them off or whatever that, again, it was an angle match. And when it was all said and done, you kind of, it, it was hard to be a match that you're going to sit down and go, okay, let's, let's, you know, let's analyze the match and the in ring or whatever it wasn't that sort of it wasn't meant to be that. it was the introduction of a character and the right. setup for the big angle in the post-match it wasn't about the match which is very rare in new japan where it's not about the match this wasn't about the match and i i do think i look i came away from this enjoying the character enjoying what i saw i think that obviously this thing is going to evolve as we go along he's going to have to learn to work to the character which i think First time out, first couple times out, we're going to have to give him a little room to grow into it. Okay? He's got to learn how to work as this is his first match as this character. He's got to learn how to work to this character. Uh, so it's the king of darkness, evil. Uh, you know, he bit Goto at one point, which I thought was great. Um, the other thing I liked that he did was he got thrown out of the ring, he hid under the ring. And then came out on the other side and, and dropkick Goto, which I thought was a cool. Right, he's spot. working differently as well. I thought that from the beginning, you know, he was doing some of the stuff with the chairs or whatever. It just he felt like a different sort of character, like something different from what you're going to normally get on the show, which I think is important in getting this this character over and this gimmick. Absolutely, over. he has to work different, and he has to keep working different. Uh, the big sickle, uh, you know, I don't know the big plastic sickle. I don't. I could look. It's it's really teetering on the brink for me. So we'll see where it goes from here. Um, but, uh, you know, you know, for now I'm giving it a hesitant, a very hesitant thumbs up and I go into more detail in the review. Yeah. And the pre-match promo I thought was really cool too, because what they did is, uh, the, the, the hype video or whatever, they showed Watanabe as, you know, a, a, you know, training or whatever. And I, you know, again, I don't know what they're saying exactly, but it essentially was that, you know, this was this good kid and he was this, you know, really good, you know, trainee and he, he was, you know, ready to go and bright eyed or whatever. And then he came back from America and he's like a weirdo, you know, he's, he changed something happened or whatever. And that, that's cool. I, I find that pretty fun. The, the announcers were supposedly going on and on about how he was such a good boy when he left. Yes. Yeah. And, right. And now look at him. What has gone on? This Naito has gotten into his head. So anyway, Naito then does the walk-in because you can't call it a run-in. <laughs> the best run-in ever. I mean, he's just he's, he's casually strolling <sighs> in. The best part is I don't know if you saw, but Jay White is outside. I think, or I, I forgot. Was it Finley? I think it was White or whatever. And he like turns and he like just points at like the entranceway or whatever. Yeah. I forgot to who. I don't know if it was to the ref or something to basically say, "Yeah, Naito's coming." And then the camera pans and there's Naito like. <sighs> All right, <laughs> like here we go. Yeah, I gotta like, yeah, and, and like like a like a dad that's like a, a a dad who got off work and his kids acting up or whatever. You know, he's got to get up from his chair. You know, yes, he's got to like get up and like tighten the belt or whatever. Oh god, what's going yeah. on? Like I gotta gotta get involved here. Like god damn it. And I think a key point here is Goto had evil finished off. Yeah, for, you know when the walk in came. So um, and then and of course Naido uh 
and, and, and evil, you know, were putting the boots to and beating up Goto until Shibata made the save. So they're keeping that thing going, which really opens things up for World Tag League. And I guess we'll talk about that after we talk about this show. Yeah, we will. There's yeah, a million we'll, we'll different teams that could win that. And we don't, you know, and, and maybe we're angling towards, uh, you know, Goto and Shibata versus Naito and evil at the dome, as opposed to one of those teams winning World Tag League. But who knows? I mean, there's a lot of possibilities with that. But as a. As a segment from start to finish, I like it. I, I like this a lot, yeah, right. and it really, um, you know, judging the temperature of Twitter, uh, which, as we know, can go very hot or cold on things at the snap of a you finger. You don't say. <laughs> uh, yes, um, everything. You know, there was nothing but positive response to this segment as well. So it seems as though the evil thing and this segment um, was a thumbs up for now. Yes. All right, to move on to a uh, quick match, but a lot of fun. Uh, Kenny Omega. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, and Chase Owens versus Red Dragon, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly, obviously, and the Time Splitters, Alex Shelley and Kushida. I think you put it best in your review. You just said this convent, uh, condensed version of a PWG-style spot fest, and that's exactly what it was. They got, I don't know how much long, I think it was like 10 minutes or whatever, and just packed you know, packed a 15-minute match in a 10 minutes and just went nuts the entire time, which is fine. It, it's exactly what it needed to be. This was so much fun, you know, and that's exactly what it was. It was an eight-minute PW. It was, a, it was a PWG main event in, 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 eight, in eight minutes. One of their wacky multi-man main events. And that's exactly what I wanted it to be, and that's exactly what they ended up doing. So, um, you know, just a ton of fun. A lot different than what you see on – look, there was a lot of stuff on this. It was a lot different than what you see in a, on a New Japan. Yeah, it felt like a, a, a fun, different sort of show where, where there was a malaise there for a while with New Japan, and, and, and rightfully so. I mean a lot of the matches and the events and everything sort of felt the same. This felt like a new path for a lot of guys, a new – just something – yeah, it, it, it didn't feel like the old – you know, sometimes you can close your eyes and you watch an entire New Japan show. You, you know what I mean? Whereas this, it felt like everything felt and looked aesthetically a little bit different, which is good. And New Japan it, shows, it, I mean, you're watching New Japan shows to see two or three great matches. And then the rest of the stuff is stuff you've seen all before. Right. And there was a lot of stuff on this show that felt different. I'll move on to the Super Junior Tag Tournament Finals. This is Matt Seidel and Ricochet versus Rapongi Vice. This one, I don't know. The first half did nothing for me. And that's... A lot of it was Seidel in control, and it's just – I don't know. It's it's He's he's just been weird in, in this New Japan run. I don't know. I've, I've want to like him, and there's been a lot of matches where I thought he's been really good. You know, I mentioned the semifinals. I thought he was fantastic in. This one was not. The crowd was kind of dying on the vine for a while. He was doing the control stuff. It wasn't really going anywhere. I'm like, oh, man, this is just a complete – the last half was fantastic, though. They went nuts in the last half. They did what a junior – what I think we expected out of these two teams in a junior you know, final match or whatever. But, yeah, the body of the entire match, I, I don't know if I liked it, but I love the first half – or I, I love the second half. Didn't really like the first half, but all in all, I enjoyed it. That's exactly what I said in the review. This was two matches. This was a boring match followed by an, an incredible. This was a two, two different halves of a match. Um, and if they if they would have had a more compelling first half of the match, this would have been a really great match. And it was like it was like limb work and stuff. And I th- I'm fine with that sort of stuff. It's not like every time when they slow down, I hate it. But it, it it was meaningless. Like you know what I mean? Like it basically it was like they were looking at a clock and going, okay, how much more? Okay, ten minutes, cool. Now let's go. You, you know what I mean? Nothing like, they did in the like first that, half yeah. of the match mattered other than exactly. they kill time. It, yeah, they just killed time, yeah. and I can't stand that. I'm with you. I cannot stand when guys just kill time in the beginning of the match because they think they have to have like a long epic match, and. This would have worked a lot better if they did what the guys in the in the previous match did and just went out there and fucking had a spot fest. You know what I mean? Like that's what these guys do best. Go out there and have the spot fest the whole time. That's not going to make everybody happy, but fuck those people. This is what you do best. Go out there and do what you do best. And you can tell that story too. I mean, this is for the finals of the Super Junior Tournament. You got to leave everything on the line. That's like, right. This is it. Like we can't we can't be chilling out. We can't be like you know trying to see what we can do and work you over and all that sort of stuff. It's like no shit. Like at any moment you can bust out your high flying moves. So we're gonna bust out ours. Like. 
I, I think that's a fine story. And the ending was 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 fantastic. You know, Ricochet did a springboard uh, shooting star to the outside. They did, you know, Seidel and, and Ricochet did their dueling shooting star presses or whatever. So it was fun. It was really, really good. And and we had our our Super Junior Tournament winners, Matt Seidel and Ricochet. So they're going to Wrestle Kingdom to face everybody. Red Dragon. Oh, what? Awful. I mean, I pounded it home in the review. I pounded it home. Oh, on but they won the tournament. They got the trophies. They get the title shot, right? Hey, they got the trophy that said victory. Did you see right. the trophy? So that's it says it. victory in giant letters. I love that. I want that trophy in my house. It's a, it's a, I, you probably get it. I'm sure Ricochet would sell it it's if you wanted to. It's a trophy that says victory. In, I'm sure in Mr. Trevor would uh, would sell that if you wanted. So. Uh, yeah, but but yeah. I'm sure it's not near and dear to his heart. I don't think. I think he has a lot of other things that he probably would rather cherish. I think and, it's and hold sitting it. in the Bushi Road warehouse somewhere for next year's, <laughs> yeah. for next year's victory. But, you don't um, think he took it home? He's not on a, a, a chartering a flight with it, uh, you know, next to him. He's on drinking seat. champagne out of it like the Stanley Cup. <laughs> it's going out of the junior tournament uh, victory cup. Um, but yeah, look, first of all, I want very quickly. But they won the tournament. This was the best junior tag tournament in yes. recent memory. And not only that, I'll go as far as say this was the second best New Japan tournament of the year after G1. I really enjoyed this tournament for what it was. I'm with you. Um, excellent tournament. Um, shattered the myth that these junior teams aren't any good. You can kiss that goodbye. This was yeah, and successful too. I mean, they were selling tickets too, which Absolutely. is another. This was an excellent tournament. So we we can take that talking point and just bury it six feet under. And um, but then they totally fucking ruined it. I buried it. You buried it a couple days later when you finally saw the show. I mean, look, I understand doing a four way to cram everybody onto the dome show. I get it. But to me, you have to give Ricochet and Seidel a title shot before then to justify that. And they're obviously not going to do that. No. It's like, what was the point of this great tournament where they beat three of these teams? Already? It's a WWE thing. It's a WWE booking. Absolutely. If that happened, WWE, every single person that was on there defending it, going, no, no, it makes sense or whatever, would be lighting a torch to to light WWE on fire for doing something like this. If if at the end of this world title tournament, you know, whoever wins and then let's say, okay, so Reigns wins this tournament, then Ambrose Owens and someone else challenge him. And then at the next pay-per-view, they have a four-way. You know what I mean? That's that. And you would be torching it. You would say, well, that's, he won the tournament. No, these guys who just lost, these guys all lost. No, they don't get a title shot they right lost. now. They beat, Ricochet and Seidel beat two of the teams. <laughs> they, no, they beat them all. They beat them all. Yeah. No, no, they, and, and you they, they make, beat Red Dragon. They didn't beat them all. Beat no, but, but you can make – and people were making like legit – which is fine. If you want to say that, hey, okay, the, the young – okay. Well, first off, you know, um, was it Rapongi Vice? They have a claim because they beat the champions during the tournament or whatever. Yes. Okay, fine. I think that's a stupid story because they didn't win the goddamn tournament. So who cares? Right. But okay. Okay. It's a good story, but, you, but why can't they get their title shot in February? Right. They Exactly. But But anyway, yeah. Yeah, and then the Young Bucks, people are saying, well, they get the rematch clause, which I had to, I, I flipped out at that point because, okay. What universe do I live in where, where New Japan upheld, uh, uh, you know, listens to rematch clauses? Doesn't exist. That's a, that's a news to me. Rematch clause. Guys have rematches, but it's not because they lost the title. A, that's a WWE it's trope. It's a lazy WWE trope when they can't think of right. it. Th 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 there's no such thing. It doesn't exist. And, and I numerous examples. I went through many histories. Okada Tanahashi, Bad Luck Folly wouldn't lose the IC title. Tanahashi losing the IC title. Just because there's a rematch doesn't mean. And, and a lot of these guys never got the rematches. So and the Young Bucks if there's a rematch clause. And you know the Young Bucks didn't even cite that. The Young Bucks came in the ring and said, uh, "We, we, we used, to, we be used to be champs." Red Dragon yeah. could have said, "Take a hike." Fuck you. 
<laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> cool. They could have said take a hike to all these teams, except for Seidel and, and, and Ricochet, who are entitled to a title shot for winning the match. Right. They could have said take a hike to the other two and said, see you in the Rambo, because we don't need to face you. We have no business facing you. So good luck against Cheeseburger in the Rambo. You know, that's what they should have that's said. That's so great. But instead, you know, they did the baby. Steph Curry just airballed, by the way. He I is mortal. Yeah, I saw Curry, that. So. And it led to a dunk on the other end. And this, we have a game now. We have a game. I'm sorry for saying it was over. And then, uh, okay. and then you know, they, they could have just told those guys to take a hike, but they did the baby face thing and said, we'll take on all comers and we'll face you all tonight if we have to. And the other great thing about this was you had eight guys in there speaking English. And this was the, and the crowd couldn't bother. They were the like, saddest uh, uh, crowd in the history of dead crowds. <laughs> I mean, because <laughs> you have just eight guys going, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. The crowd's just like, uh huh. And occasionally it would pop because, like, I think Bobby Fish understood this and he was like, da, 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 Red Dragon. And people were like, yay. <laughs> like, we know what that is. Like, yes. So it's... Yes. Fish, Fish was the only one who, I mean, the Bucks desperately tried to crotch chop everybody, which got no reaction. Um, this would be like if you went, if eight Japanese men were on Raw. <laughs> Cutting promos on each other, and everyone just was staring slack-jawed at the Yeah, and then eventually said their name really loudly. Yes. If Okada went in there, cut a promo, and then at one point went, Okada! And everyone went, yeah! We know you! Yeah. Your name's Okada! Yay! I, oh, I just did not work at all. But yeah, the work, idea but... of the four-way wouldn't bother me so much if it, it, it rendered the tournament meaningless. Right, you basically just lit the entire tournament on fire immediately. And... I completely in record time in like a minute after the tournament was over. It was over. a great tournament. And for the same reason that I complained about Ishii getting a title shot against Makabe, which was unjustified is the same reason I'm complaining about this. When it comes to WWE, I could just wave my hand and say, who gives a shit? It's WWE. It doesn't matter. It doesn't bother me because it's WWE and they're, they, they, it, it is what it is. This shit bothers me when new Japan does it. It really yeah. fucking irks me when new Japan does this stuff. All right, let's move on to AJ Styles, Bad Luck Fale, Toru Yano, and Yoshihashi. This was a surprisingly, like, decent match. And, and Yoshihashi is a guy who I, I hate. I really just find nothing fun about him. He, he, him and AJ Styles had a really fun sort of uh, – uh, it, it didn't last long, only a few minutes at the end of the match. But I thought it was a really fun little uh, little match inside of a match that these guys had. And I thought, overall, this was a fun match. Fale and, uh, and Yano had some fun interactions, AJ and Yoshihashi, as I mentioned. But, yeah, this was way better than it had any right to be. Like, this should have been an awful, awful match. This should have been the worst match on the show, and it wasn't. This By any, by any measure, it wasn't nearly – the worst match on the show. I mean, no, it was good match. It was good, it was like legitimately good. Yeah, which with when one of the three guys, or I mean, because I think the other three are, are no good. I like I have no use for any of the other three, and I loved it. So there's this match positioned where it was on the show. Just screams, skip me if you're watching this yeah. the next day. And I suggested in the review not to skip it because it was that entertaining. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everyone in the match. And and this is what I we talked about in the previous match. Do what your strengths are, right? Everyone in this match did what they're good at. Bad luck folly was tossing bodies around and being a big fat guy. Yano was being sleazy and being Yano. Yoshihashi was bringing high energy to the table and taking big bumps and running around and going toe to toe with AJ Styles. And AJ Styles uh, was just AJ Styles, and and this was a completely watchable match. I gave it three. I gave this bad boy three stars. Three stars, yeah. Wasn't bad. All right, move on. Never open weight title. Tomohiro Ishii defending his title against Tomiyaki Hanma. This was a if you if you like head injuries. I mean, if if that bothers you, this might not be the match for you. If if that's something that you you 
get mad about or get angry or it, it, it lessens your your enjoyment of a match of, of guys hitting each other on the head, then you might not like this one. But if you don't really care, like I believe you and I both don't, then this is your match. I mean, this was I thought this was every bit or, or just as good as the one in February. I really enjoyed it. The crowd was just absolutely insane. Like, and, and I mentioned this on Twitter when I was watching, you know, we talk about. So often, like, people bitch and moan about the way they book Hanma and, oh, he should win here and he should win this title and why doesn't he do this? And, and like, but when you see just how the crowd reacts to him, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where no matter what you think is right or what I think is right or what you think is right, it doesn't fucking matter because they what they're doing with him is, rea- like, it's clicking because the crowd just goes nuts. Every move he did, every near fall, they're going nuts for the guy. Insane, like the crap. You would, I, I, I legitimately thought that I had raised the volume on my my TV to like an ungodly because it just was so much louder than every other match in this entire show. You know what I mean? Like it was just the, the, you could tell the crowd was just going nuts for everything Hanma did. And then when he does that, you know, the the Kokeshi off the top rope to the outside, like they're fucking unglued. They're over. It's done. Like they just they they're, they can't even handle themselves. How, it's, it's, how great! Was it's incredible. Spot? How great! Oh, it was so good because you see him up there. You're like, oh, oh no, oh, don't do this. And I thought he was gonna miss it too. And I was like, oh, that's gonna. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, Hanma. Now, thankfully, Ishii was like, you know what? You can hit me this time. It's fine. And, like, you know, that's oh. and that's worse for his knees than his head. Exactly, I mean, yeah. people talk about it's not. Well, it's not great for the It's not great for that. But if you watch it, if you watch it, he's not. They're not conking heads when he does that move right. to the floor. It's 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 worse for his knees than anything else. And look, they're his fucking knees. We've been over this. I don't give a shit about. Yeah, we're not going to do that. I mean, we, we know. Uh, we yeah. Think. But it's like, um, you know, it's it's like. I was really disappointed in myself because I gave this four and a quarter and it was better than four and a quarter. This was a really great match. Yeah. And I really think I over, I undersold it with, with the dumb star rating, but no one, you know, star ratings, whatever, but whatever, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I think I put it over strong enough in the actual review to where people see what I did. This was a great match. I thought, I thought it was better than the February match. I wasn't as high on the February match as other people were. A lot of people gave that match five stars. I didn't think this was a five-star match. I thought this was closer to a five-star match than the February match, though. I thought the storytelling in this match was a lot better um, because, it, you know, this was a match that it was about headbutts. And I thought one of the best spots in the match and maybe the best spot, even better than the, the headbutt to the floor, which was great. It was a great spot, a big-time memorable spot and all that, was, uh, you know, uh, Hanma kept doing these flying headbutts like to, to Ishii's chest. You know what I'm talking about? Where he was, yeah, yeah. He was projecting himself using like a, a missile, yeah, that's a missile at his chest. And towards the end of the match, he went, he did it one too many times, and Ishii just punched him in the head. Yeah, as that he was, was yeah. flying at him. And you know, I Stop. jumped <laughs> yeah. off my couch, and I'm like, "This is what a great spot that was! How awesome was that?" And then, and you know, and that ended up leading to the finish because you know, then he picked him up. I think he gave him like a sliding D or something for a two count. And then picked him up and gave him the brain buster for the win. Look, this match was just really fucking awesome. And if you're going to be a big baby about that, look, they had the one headbutt, the headbutt exchange, which was kind of like, I guess the closest thing I could compare it to was, I guess Nigel McGinnis and Brian Danielson did that one time. That was a little more vicious. Uh, but, there, this one wasn't as much. These kind of were just kind of clunking heads. And you know, that's bit. what I mean. I don't. I don't think they were nailing each other like those two guys. That Nigel Bryan one is like that's a tough it's one. An uncomfortable one to watch for sure. Yeah. And I don't think this one ever. I was never uncomfortable watching this match. No, no. I don't know about you. Were you uncomfortable? I, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. And there, Not really. and, and I, but I know that there are some people that were, and that there's some people who would be if they watched it. And I know I saw people saying that he should never do the Kokeshi off the top of the floor. 
again and the headbutt. I, I don't know. I maybe maybe we're cold blooded, Rich. No, well, no. Here's I've always said this, and, and this is my thing, and this is what it is for the NFL, and 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 because it's obviously been head injuries are a big thing, and not concussions, by the way, because everybody always brings up concussions. Concussions are not the problem. It's just you know. Subconcussive hits are repeated. Subconcussive hits are bad, and nothing you can do in football. No fucking mouth guard. No helmets. Nothing is going to stop that in football. You know, people are going to use linemen use their head every fucking play that they play their entire lives. That's the problem, not concussions. But anyway, if the second you get into a wrestling ring, as long as you're aware that look, what I'm doing is damaging my brain. If you can reconcile that in your own head. Knock yourself out. Do whatever the hell you want. I don't care. I don't feel anything less of you because you've made that choice. You have said, I am going to give my body to this thing that I love, which is fine. Do that. You know, some people said there, there's always that thing in the NFL or people saying, hey, look, here, here's the risk. You could be brain dead when you're 45 or you could be a gigantic and you can be a gigantic star when you're 23 and make, you know, millions of dollars. A lot of people would take that trade off. And would I let my kids take that trade off? Probably not. I would say, you know what? Mm, let's not play football. Let's do something else. I have bigger, you know, I think you're going to do that. I, I I would aspire to you doing this. That's all you need to know. As long as these guys are aware that what they're doing, and which, by the way, any bump you take in a wrestling ring is, is hurting your head. Yes. So nothing, Kakeshi's off the top rope. It, the first day of fucking wrestling school, you've already rummaged your brain a bunch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Taking flat back bumps is way worse than doing a Kakeshi off the top rope. When, People don't know that. When, when his head isn't, like, guys, guys, it's a work. They're, he's not conking heads with everyone he does the Kokeshi to. Right. They're not conking skulls together when he does it. It's 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 a word. Now look, I'm not saying he's not doing stupid things. Look, that's the thing too that you you have to understand. Me and Rich are saying we think it's stupid what they're doing. <laughs> Make no mistake. But they've but made that choice. Personal to be choice yeah, to be stupid. Right. I I'm not someone who steps and I will in the be way. entertained by watching them do stupid. Absolutely, stuff. and not feel guilty. It's not about my it brain. Whatsoever. It's not my kids' brain. So yeah, that's and I don't feel guilty about it whatsoever because these are right. adults making personal choices, and I'm never going to stand in the way of adults making personal choices as long as they're doing something legal. I don't stand in the way of that. That's their choice. I recognize that. What look, I would never do what they do. I would never do that headbutt exchange that they did. It's stupid, but it's shit. Did it entertain me? You're damn right it entertained me. Yeah, and I'm not ashamed of saying that at all. You're fucking right it entertained me. So, yeah, you know, I, we said we weren't going to do it, and we did it again. But, yeah, um, yeah I think it's important. I, I think it's something that a lot of people – because people look at, like, the big hits and concussions and that sort of stuff, and it's not that. It's just it's, – it's, and that's what I try to tell people. The second you enter a wrestling ring, the first day of wrestling school, you've done just as much damage to your brain as you're going to do from doing a catch you off the top rope. You know, d- taking 50 back bumps – Especially if you don't know how what you're doing, you're you, you, your brain's rattling around your skull. That's worse. That like that is the problem. When when people look at the NFL and the, the CT and all that sort of stuff, it's not the concussions that's the problem. Yeah, it's those sub concussive hits, and that's what a back bump is. So every single back bump is is so as long as you can reconcile that and be like, hey, I'm cool with that, and the wrestlers can reconcile that, then who cares? I, yeah, look, wrestling's dangerous, man. I, I don't right. I don't know where, where how you can like. I'm not a wrestler. You know why? Because I don't fucking want to get hurt. I like, get that's, why I do this. Well, I, that's why I, I that's why I'm behind a microphone talking about these guys killing themselves because I don't want to do so that. You're a monster if you enjoy what these guys are doing. Well, you need a new hobby then too, because this is an inherently dangerous hobby thing that they're doing. So don't don't get uppity and 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 play uh you know, uh, and be all righteous with me. If you're inter- if you enjoy wrestling, you're you're no better than me, right? Because it it none of this is safe. It's all stupid. It's all fake fighting as they damage each other's bodies. So you know, and 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 less and abuse and abuse pain pills and steroids and all that. I mean, that, that's 
the, the head injuries are very I, I think there's many many other problems that are much bigger unless your thing is watching you know the world of sport guys exchange cooperative holds with each other and and yeah if that's your thing and that's what you're into and you don't like watching guys bump at all then that's fine but I, then, yes. but introduce me to that fan okay if you like the wrestling then you're no better than I am because I don't right. care about these headbutts so get lost with that all right so there you go. what else we got all right so then we have Okada Sakuraba versus Tanahashi and Shibata we talked a little bit about that this was Dave's favorite match of the year in our like <laughs> that's a joke but of course uh he gave it four and a half i think that's an error you gave it three the match itself was just kind of you know when when the angle was over I, I basically said i don't really remember anything from the match to be honest because the, the angle was so good and so voluminous it just destroyed yeah th- th- it was over and i said oh yeah they had a match and i i don't remember sakuraba doing any like i i remember nothing of the match i just remember okada and tanahashi you know needing as you said you know Tony Gurria and, <laughs> and uh who else did you throw on there blackjack lanza the, of course you gave the blackjack lanza okay yeah because you didn't do you're, you're prior to the gerald briscoe you're even before that you're I, like the, listen i went tony Korea and Black Jack Lanza. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, so you know. that's old school. That's like ninety. That's like stopping Vader from attacking Gorilla Monsoon era. That, I'm going back to the late '80s, baby. Yeah. Oh, you even got that. Yeah. yeah, you yeah got... I, I went way back. I could have busted out the uh, the Chief J Strongbow too, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, I went with Korea. Look, I'm Joe Lanza. I gotta bring out Black Jack Lanza. That's your guy. If I'm yeah. making an agents doing a pull apart reference. How can I not bring up Black Jack that's Lanza? True. I mean, that has to be one of the. And you have to bring up Gurria. I mean, that's the guy you go to. That's the oh, he's a legend. Guy. Yeah, he's a legend. In that. Yeah. And I'll tell you, if you ever tweet about Tony Gurria, he will find you and he will favor you. And <laughs> it, it doesn't even matter what you say about Tony. I want everyone to try this because I want I, okay everyone listening to this are thousands of listeners. I want everyone who has Twitter. To tweet something about Tony Gurria. Yeah, it's just at Tony Gurria, but but don't do that. You're saying don't add him. Just mention. No, no, no. Just right? tweet about Tony Gurria, right. not at him. About him, anything you want. I enjoyed Tony Gurria. Tony Gurria stinks. Uh, Tony Gurria had helmet hair. Whatever you want to say about all of those things may be true. By the way, I, I get, he's going to favorite it. But what I want is for us to cause him to spend like three hours favoriting tweets because so many people have tweeted about him because he will find it and he will favorite it. Even if you put yeah, he likes yours. Yeah. He, he'll favorite anything. I've tweeted about this man before. Don't ask me why I've tweeted about Tony Gurria. I think it was. So there's the Jack Tunney bot or whatever. The one where you just send that like a random guy and he'll like, yeah. it's just a bot that will pick random matches or whatever. Yes. So Tony Gurria favorite match. <laughs> That he's involved. It's the best thing. Okay. This guy's the greatest. So the, the match that the Jack Tony bot, which is at, at booking underscore bot, is Manabu Nakanishi versus Tony Gurria in a match in front of a stunned and silent crowd at the Greensboro Coliseum. <laughs> rating one and a half stars. And who gave it a favorite or a like? Tony Gurria. Because it's a like. It's a heart now, yes. Joe. Not a favorite. Tony Gurria, who's like, yep. I like that it. That is something I like, yeah. I like the match that stunned this crowd to silence that Dave Meltzer hated. I mean, he'll he'll like anything. He'll like anything. Tony Gurria just likes it all. Um, that, by the way, is one of the best Jack Tunney bot matches I've seen. That is an incredible That's pretty good, yeah. Man, what is, Manabu Nakanishi versus... So Nakanishi, which is actually probably what would happen. Exactly it wouldn't be in the Greenboro Coliseum, but... Could you imagine that match in the Greensboro Coliseum? <laughs> that would be shocked and stunned, They yes. would be shocked and stunned, and it would get a star and a half. That is a, that's a great... That might be the best... That's like a legit one, yeah, that's... So, you also have Tony Gurria. Tony Bott also gave him... Uh, Adam Thornstow and Tony Gurria were in a crazy match on the USA Network. 
That would got be three, a crazy got, match on the USA Network. Got three stars. Yeah, I got three stars too. Adam so. Thorstow versus Tony Gurria. I could see Thorstow dragging him to three stars. Did you drop uh, Rene Goulet in there too? I know he was a fun one. I he did was always not put Rene Goulet, but he's another one. Or Goulet, sorry. Rene Goulet. French Canadian. Not very French Canadian. All right. Jeez, these pronunciations. And we're going to get to some bad rich. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Rene Goulet. Ugh, that's. Oh, a five star. Robbie Brookside, Tony Gurria. Hair versus hair. You know what? If it was it was if it was for Tony Gurria's hair, it might be five star. And you know, and you know, Brookside before he got all corporate had some long stringy locks himself. Yeah. So, okay, well, there you go. I think this bot does a nice job with Gurria. I'm interested in all those matches. But yeah, the 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 angle definitely outdid the match itself. And the match was a good match. I enjoyed the match. But yeah, you're right. You don't remember the match after they did the the post match angle, which was a series of pull aparts between Okada and Tanahashi. And every time they got pulled apart, they went back at it again. And uh, I liked that Okada knocked Tanahashi out with the briefcase. I thought that was yeah. a nice touch. And then the whole scene ends with Tanahashi literally sprinting down the aisle, chasing Okada into the. They they still weren't done. You know, they, they, they were implying that these men were fighting all the way into the dressing room. So a great angle. If you watch that angle and you're not more excited for the Tokyo Dome match than you were before the angle, New Japan just isn't your thing. You know what I mean? Like, because that was a great angle. And there's no way to watch that angle and not be pumped up about the match. All right. So we'll get to the final, the main event here. IWGP Intercontinental title, Shinsuke Nakamura, Carl Anderson. What do you think of this guy? All right, so, I mean, it was kind of hard to get into this match um, hardcore because the problem with this match, Rich, was you knew who the winner was going to be. So there, you lose a lot of intrigue when the outcome is 100 uh, percent not in doubt. And and look, there's always matches where the winner is obvious or whatnot, but this is this was a match where the, the outcome was so obvious that there was no possible way Carl Anderson could ever win unless Nakamura died in the ring. I mean, that was like the only way because I mean, they basically told you that Nakamura was going to win because they said that they were doing the John Cena challenge gimmick uh, after the match or whatever. So it's, they they, were, they weren't even pretending to Carl, Anderson, which, which I found bizarre and odd. But um, as far as the match itself, I think I underrated the Ishii Hanma match with with uh with four and a quarter and i think i underrated this match too i gave this match three and three quarters this was a four this was a four star plus match based on what they did in the ring and i i I, and and i think uh, you know i I underrated this match tremendously too carl anderson really stepped it up in this match carl anderson's a guy who i think a lot of people focus on his promos and his his great personality and the fact that he's dragged down by doc gallows but one thing that i think people um, uh, undersell Carl Anderson for is this guy has some of the most creative and coolest offense in wrestling. He yes, really does. Um, he he busts some stuff out that nobody else does. He's more athletic than he gets credit for, and he really has creative and really cool looking offense. And of course, the final stretch was great because you cannot have a Carl Anderson match without having a Carl Anderson match that has a great closing stretch. So he's so good at that. Yeah. So when you combine all those things, I really feel like I underrated the match. Um, you know, it was probably closer to four or four and a quarter than the three and three quarter that I gave it. But it's just it's just it was hard to get into 
Yeah, it, it was. I, I had trouble. I had to rewatch it. I actually watched it the first time. I went, eh, it didn't really do much for me. And I thought it should have or whatever because I think I was I was so focused on what the finish was going to be or, or something like that. So then I rewatched it. And on second rewatch, I actually improved it a lot. I went, okay, you know, I know what's going to happen. I know what the finish is kind of like. Let me let, let me get into this middle part a little bit. Let me get into the beginning a little bit. And that certainly helped. It really, really helped me appreciate it a little bit more. And I mentioned this a few weeks ago when talking about Carl Anderson. I think it was on one of the uh, – uh, one of the uh, the junior tag, one of the road to power struggles that I reviewed. And I said, one of the things that I get with Carl Anderson is I don't think there's a guy, at least in New Japan, or maybe even a guy in wrestling in general, who just has more fun doing what he's doing than Carl Anderson. Do you agree with that? I do. He's just a guy who just, every time he goes in the ring, he he wants to accomplish something. He wants to to entertain the crowd. He wants... It just seems like such a guy who just there's never he never seems like he has a bad day. There's never a day where like, oh, grumpy Carl Anderson, like he didn't give it full effort here. Like even on the nights where he's just kind of fucking around or whatever, that's his goal. His intended goal is, hey, I'm just going to fuck around and have a lot of fun with this and get the crowd into it. Like he just every day, every time he's in the ring, he just looks like he wants to just have fun and, 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 and do everything he can to just whatever his goal is that night, he's going to accomplish it. You know what I mean? Like, just because he's going to put his mind to it, he's going to do it. And this was the one where he was going to say, hey, look, I'm going to go out here. I'm going to have a really good match. I'm going to remind people that I'm I'm pretty fucking good. You know, I'm in a tag team. I'm, I do this sort of stuff. and I'm kind of funny sometimes. But I'm a really fun guy as well. I'm a, I'm a really good worker as well. And I thought this was just really, really impressive. And I thought the Bullet Club guys being, you know, ringside but not getting interfering all that much I thought was cool too because they were just on every single near fall were just going nuts. You know, they were, this is it. This is it. He's going to win. And then, you know, he'd kick out at the last second and they would just go nuts and throw their hands up in the air. I thought it was just a really fun main event, really good. Maybe not a, 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 as good of a match, you know, pure match as I thought we were going to get. But overall, just a super, super fun main event a really good main event I too it just reminded me it reminded me how good carl anderson really is yeah, and i knew that yeah. and this was going to be that match it was going to do that but it did it again this will be a better match out of context watched by somebody five years from now than it was in context because of right, the, right. the fact that we all knew what the finish was going to be and there was no chance he could win but the work itself was very strong and i think this is a mat one of those matches that will end up uh, being uh more favorably looked upon if you watch it out of context yeah like I said, that second rewatch for me certainly helped. Um, all right, so that's uh, Road to Power Struggle. Uh, not Road to Power Struggle, actual Power Struggle. So that's uh, any other thoughts uh, with that? Oh, by the way, uh, <laughs> you still have the Warriors game on. Uh, they have 75 at the half, so this could be a... Uh, <laughs> they just... They just... They just <laughs> 75 at halftime. They, they have their own face. randomly explode, too. That's the thing, too. They might score 200 points. Yeah. Like, there's a legit chance. They, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like... You kind of laugh at that. You're like, no. But you know what I mean? Like, they're like... Why did the... And this isn't like a crazy like this isn't like a crazy weird NBA like those old Nuggets teams that were just fucking around and just scoring as many. I mean, this is a team that's legitimately like trying and and has you know and they're gonna they have seventy five at halftime. What's with Steph has like a, a meager twenty five at the half. So he has twenty five points in this game. Yeah, it's twenty five. Because it yeah. feels like he's having a bad game every time I turn around. He's missing a shot. Yeah, he's, he's eight for twelve. He's eight for twelve for threes. Yeah. And he's got four assists, too, in case you're curious. So. I feel like he's missed a half a dozen shots. <laughs> yeah, I know, because he's fucking around. He's not even trying. It's like it's it, it's like Larry Bird in his heyday where he would just fuck around and shoot left-handed for a half. Like, yeah. that's what, that's the feel you're getting here. Um, one thing we failed to mention was AJ making the challenge. So we all did work ourselves into a shoot. Yeah, well, no, to be fair, we were. I think we might have been the first people that mentioned it. Oh, we were. That was many. That was like five months ago that we mentioned that as a potential Wrestle Kingdom. Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, we were. I meant more recent vintage of the whole challenge yes, okay. thing and everyone coming up with these ideas. Go Shiozaki, everything. Right, else. We thought of that idea and then we 
overthought it because we're, we're, we, we come out of here for four hours every fucking week. So we said, oh, no, that can't be it. No, that can't be it. That can't be it. That can't be it. And it was it. And I mean, I think we even talked about potentially everybody working themselves into a shoot. Oh, and, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and at the end of the day, the smart play. And look, that's the right match. I mean, there's no question that's the right match. If the goal is to draw as many fans as possible to the Tokyo Dome, Nakamura AJ, which has been super protected. I mean, they just have kept these guys apart. G1s, New Japan Cups, whatever the case may be, they have not faced each other. They barely ever face each other in tags. And you really look at it comparatively to what to what other people. And, and it's like, uh, you know, have they ever faced each other in a tag? Come to think of it, let's see. Let's let's fire it up. Pull that up. So we're looking at just a tag, just a tag. Have any sort of random. Each other, period. Okay. And then how many times? Because I don't. I mean, I know for a fact it was there, there's been no singles match. No, so no, we know zero. That. Yeah. Yeah. But let's see about tags. Alrighty here. Nakamura. And I don't want TNA. Era. One time. So there you go. In 2008. <laughs> so well, there you go. That was TNA era. Yeah. Does. That doesn't even God, who was who Nakamura teaming with? Joe? Oh, God. In 2008. This was at the G1 Climax 2008 Heroes of Supremacy Night 6. Do you remember that show? <laughs> of course you do. Oh, vividly. Uh, vividly. <laughs> I vividly remember that. Uh, you know me with my great memory with old wrestling shows. Yeah, you got this. I just nail this all the time. I, geez, um, 2008. Yeah. I've, I'm interested. You're never, you're never I'm more interested it. in who AJ teamed with, to be completely honest with you. Uh, you, you it, it's interesting. It's a fun little match. Uh, Devitt. No, Kurt Angle. Oh, this was a straight two on two tag. It was Kurt Angle and Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles and Tanahashi. Oh, okay. Okay. That's a fun little. Is that I'm sure a, Kurt Angle did is that try. A New Japan yeah. World? I don't know. I wonder. I, it's got it. Well, yeah, probably. Let's see. That'd be a heck of a match to go rewatch from. Yeah, let's see. Because it could be really good or it could be really bad. Because <laughs> you think AJ, and you, 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 which is fine. AJ was always good. But you think Nakamura, well, not 2008. Uh, my, my, <laughs> and you think Kurt Angle in, in New Japan? wasn't great in New Japan. My, <laughs> yeah, my suspicion is it was just there. Yeah, that's that's what I'm guessing. I don't well. think you, it was bad. You're gonna be hyped to go, wow, Kurt Angle, Nakamura, great. <laughs> what kind of interesting match to go back and watch in hindsight? Let's see. Let's see what Kurt Angle matches we have for. Uh... Okay, gotta gotta wait for the auto translate to come in here. Oh, angle. Oh God, what does he translate to? Does he not Is there translate? A to funny Kurt word for angle. Oh, it must be. <laughs> Fuck, he didn't translate. Because <laughs> I can't look up Nakamura and I can't look up any of the other guys. Damn it. All right, there's gonna be a million matches. Yeah, shit. Maybe well, maybe maybe Kurt Angle doesn't have matches on New Japan. That that is also a possibility. Damn it! All right, well, maybe maybe fine. it's online somewhere. Let me see. Yeah, I don't know. Angle Nakamura. This is riveting, riveting. Yeah, this is this is great. Watch watch Joe and I tight. <laughs> Listen to our. Key we should we should have a video cast. Yeah, we should have a video cast where we, we show people as we look down at her. Yeah, it's there. It's it's in two parts on uh, Daily Motion. Oh yeah, first result. They went twenty minutes, man. Nice. I'm, I'm I say I'm gonna watch a lot of things, and then I never watch them. I'm watching that this is, match. All right. We got to report back. Two thousand views, so people are uh, clearly. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's restart the gimmick, and we'll start with this. Let's okay. watch this match, and then break it down next week. You understand when you do this now, people are going to say, what about, uh, what was the Starcade 91? I don't recall. Okay. All right, so we'll move on. <laughs> Power struggle. Let's talk about World Tag League here. Yeah. 
A block. Let's break down the teams here. A block, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and the returning Michael Elgin. What do you think about that team? Fun team. Can't wait. Yep. Big Mike's going to take his share of pins here. But look, that's a team that's going to win a bunch of matches too and be in the mix towards the end. They're obviously not going to win. There no, there's no chance. But yeah. there's teams here they're going to beat. So it's not like Elgin's coming in just to do job duty. You know what I mean? Right. He's not the captain of New Japan of this team. No, they're going to do they're something. Gonna, with they're going to they're going to win some matches. When Tanahashi teams with your captain of New Japan's, he you know he goes one in seven or whatever. He, this team's this team's going to win some matches. Yeah. Uh, kind of a fun pick. Everyone's kind of maybe a dark horse. I, I, nah, I don't know. A lot of people are mentioning this team. Makabe and Honda. I wouldn't call him a dark horse. I call yeah, him the odds-on favorites, right, yeah. man. Because you think odds-on favorite? Well, Makabe's got nothing going on. And, and look, he's there's no way he's not getting a decent spot on the Dome show. I mean, it's Togi Makabe. Say what you want if you don't like him as a worker. And believe me, I'm not I'm not thrilled with the guy as a worker either. But, um, you know, something that was also discussed was that we missed when reviewing the card. Rich, that random six man we talked about, second match on the show, a power struggle. One thing we forgot to mention, completely dead crowd. And I mean dead crowd until Makabe tagged in. He yeah. came in on that hot tag and got a monstrous reaction. Look, the New Japan fans like this guy. He headlines two or three small shows a year, as uh, Brandon Howard's uh, research showed, too, when he did the New Japan draws. I don't know if he posted that anywhere. It's on his Twitter, though, right? It's on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, you know, Makabe, they, they have confidence in him to headline smaller buildings. Look, this is a guy who's going to get a decent shot in the dome. And uh, Hanma, too. And neither one of them really have anything going on right now. Yeah, they good. seem like a perfect team to challenge uh, uh, Gallows and Anderson. So I... Look, man, I would call them the odds-on favorite to win a tournament, yes. Uh, Nagata Nakanishi. <sighs> Not going to be good. <laughs> Poor Nagata. You know, it's yeah. like they, they, he wasn't even on Power Struggle, and he wasn't in the Global League, okay? That explains the absence of Kojima, right? But right. why was Nagata not around? I think that, like, I get the feeling like Nagata fucked Gato's wife or something. Like, yeah, or like he still shows up. Like they fired him, but he still kind of just shows up. Or they don't want like like he's that off. He, he's you know just like uh, I got it. Hey, how's it going, man? Hey, what's up? Like I mean, oh yeah, never, there you go. <laughs> I, I was never a huge Nagata fan. He deserves a little bit better than this. But Jesus. but I mean, he can still go out there. Look, he was in, yeah. he was in the friggin' Rambo last year. He was in the pre-show battle royal at Wrestle Kingdom last year. So they had to wheel out like Fujinami or not Fujinami. Who am I thinking of? Fujiwara. No, uh, Fujiwara. Fujiwara. That's it. Yeah, they had to wheel him out. Like here. I mean, granted, like eighty-five-year-old. All right, and look, he won the thing, <laughs> but still. and it led to a title shot. Okay, it was a fucking joke. It was meant to be like a, a laugh track, and I mean, there's Yuji Nagata. Hey, yeah, and cheeseburgers in it this year. I mean, no disrespect to cheeseburger. Nice guy. But I mean, you know, it's it's like, and now here they're teaming them with Nakanishi, and it's like, look, I, I uh, you know, I don't. know. It's a sad team. Do, are you looking forward? Send him to Noah. Just make him do Noah stuff. He's probably fine with it too. You know. Are you looking forward to watching this team? Oh no, God, no! Dear God, against no. any of these other teams? No. I mean, that's the team you look. Those are the matches you're going to skip. Yeah. Right, Nagata and Nakanishi. Nakanishi in 2015. When is it time to transition Nakanishi into super strong machine land where he pops up once a year? You know what I mean? It's like yeah. this is the – look, I, I, I like the fact that these guys, that these companies in Japan really respect you know, the people who have worked hard for them over the years and give them jobs for life. But man, from an entertainment perspective, Nakanishi is really hard to watch. 
All right, let's move on. Okada Yoshihashi. This is a team you could see coming from a mile away. That'd be a fun little team. You know, as I noted in the review for Power Struggle, um, Okada is a really good tag. Yes, he is. And yes, he, he is. doesn't get enough credit for that. And it doesn't matter if it's Yoshihashi or Sakuraba or Gato, which is my favorite partner of his and my favorite tag team that he's in. He really takes the – and maybe it's because of his youth and his body's not beat up like some of the other guys. But it seems like he takes these tag matches far more seriously than the other top New Japan. Oh, absolutely. And he works hard in them. And the other thing about it is he really has um, like signature offense that lends itself to hot tags. Oh, yeah. That, that drop kick is a perfect way to cap off a hot tag. Yeah. So, it's, it's made for that. He, he, he's had a really great year working trios matches in particular. And he's a really good tag worker, Okada. And I think that kind of sets... It could be his upbringing. It could be his upbringing as well. That too. The Toriyama stuff, yeah. The- yeah, the Toriyama stuff. You're right. That's a good point too. So there, there's a lot working in his favor with, with in terms of... It kind of sets him apart from the other big stars in the company. He's a really good tag worker. Yeah, you can't really skip any of his matches. You can. It's, you know, it's a, a Nakamura tag, a Tanahashi tag, a six-man. You could probably, you, you know... Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. That, that you can't. Uh, Yano and Sakuraba. Ah, not my team. Not my favorite team. Um, you know, the, you know, Nagata Nakanishi versus Yano and Sakuraba is one <laughs> million percent. Could you skip that quicker? You can't <laughs> skip that quicker. You really can't. Bad luck, Fale. Tamatanga. I'm into this team. I like the conflict. Yeah, yeah. I like. I'm starting to like Fale. Okay, that's now, fine. Look, Here's the thing with Fale. There's a the, the standard deviation on a Fale. Like, okay, so sometimes he's fucking the shits, right? Like awful, like nearly unwatchable. It makes you think he doesn't even belong on a roster. But his high level stuff, I'm telling you, if you go back and look it's at good. his year, no, I agree. I agree. I agree with that. I can't write. I cannot wait to write his profile. Like, you know, like when you create the document and for behind the scenes when we do the when we do the New Japan book. And it's like, all right, guys, up for grabs. Claim your profiles. And everyone dives into, oh, I'm taking Okada. I'm taking Nagamura. I'm taking AJ Styles. The first name I'm clicking is Bad Luck Folly. <laughs> You're running a Bad I Luck Folly. I cannot wait to claim this. I cannot wait to write about this guy in the book this year. I really think he's had an under the under underrated year. I really do. And I know people think I'm nuts. But I'm going to make a case for it. And Tamatanga is a guy that I've been putting over all year long. I, he's so underutilized. You know every match they lose that he's the one that's going to lose. The guy takes great bumps. I really think he's found himself as a character. I'm very interested to watch the matches these guys have in this tournament. Absolutely. And then we'll move on to the final team, a team that, of course, if you're a, a frequent follower or reader of VoicesWrestling.com or Voices Wrestling on uh, Twitter, you knew that Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian and the Addiction were going to be there because Matt Trebby had an interview with Bill Barron's Pro Wrestling's power agent who told us in that article that we did many, many months ago, the uh, profile that they were going to be in there. And they're, here they are. We break a half a dozen scoops a year, damn it. And uh, uh, this was one. That's one we're going to hang our head on. This was we were one way ahead of that one. Yes. Um, look, I like this tag team. They're, they're, they're more divisive than I thought they were. There's a lot of people who don't like them. I don't get it. I think they yeah, do good I'm work. Kind of on the, I, I'm in between. I think they're good, but I, uh, there's a lot of people that think they're like one of the best tag teams going right now. I, I don't know if I put them I don't there, think they're but... one of the best tag teams going, but I like this tag team, and I think that they're going to do good work in the New Japan environment. 
Um, yeah, well, Christopher Daniels will, will, will thrive in that. I mean, yeah. anybody who's seen what he's done prior, yeah, of course, a lot of that was with the Curry Man character, which was just the greatest thing ever. But, you know, I think he's going to, he's a guy who, and we waited a, a profile actually this week, Matt Trevi again talked to uh, Daniels and Kazarian about it. And you could tell these dudes are pumped for it, especially Daniels, who, who was very much ready to get back into, into the fold of New Japan or at least work in front of that crowd again and work in those events. So I, I think they're going to absolutely deliver to a tremendous level. I mean, they're, they're going to want to show themselves off a little bit here. So expect big things. You know, Christopher Daniel, I tell you on the final night of the, at the pay-per-view, right? Like they're obviously not going to win the block. Um, and the pay-per-view when they're in a random eight man tag, is there any chance that Christopher Daniels gets sick in his hotel room and curry man replaces him in the, it'd be the greatest thing. I really hope so. For people that haven't really, seen what we're talking about or don't know what curry man just look it up he's the greatest i mean i'm hoping for that i really am there was a I, match i, I saw I, what did i see I, I watched it a few days ago because i was we were, we were doing this article and i think i, I oh, actually you know if you go to the addiction if you go to the 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 profile that we talk about the little interview that we had with them or match we had with them i put in it's um curry man and brian uh danielson of course brian danielson at that point uh versus gato and jado from back when they were the junior tag champions yes, did you watch it Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. I love Curry Man stuff. Yeah. Just as the first five minutes of Curry Man are the greatest thing ever. Just the entrance, the ripping of the t-shirt, and there's another t-shirt underneath it. Like, it's just like the stuff he does. And you can tell knowing who the guy is underneath it. Like, if you just out of context thought, who is this fucking weirdo? But knowing that it's Christopher Daniels and knowing that he's probably just got the biggest fucking smile underneath that mask. Yeah. As he's doing all this stuff, as he's, you know, straightening his hat or whatever. It's it's so great. You know, Curry Man has held New Japan gold, Rich. He has. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so, he was a junior title. So, a junior tag title so, with, uh, with Brian Danielson. That's right. So this man is coming back. But he has a problem with the drink, though, as we've found uh, another exclusive thing that we found out on uh, Voices Wrestling many, many years ago. That's right. You know, and Curry Man has not appeared. No. Christopher Daniels, of course, who did that interview with us, I, I asked him where his pal Curry The Man loudest was. interview we've ever done on Voices Wrestling. Christopher Daniels screams into the phone. <laughs> When he's he so excited he just loves yeah. to the point it destroyed the audio to where we almost it was didn't one, of the, it. one of the one of the worst audio quality shows we've ever had but one of the most one of the best like 20 minute interviews we've ever short had. short so. little 15 20 minute interview because it was supposed to be about tna and you guys talked about curry man right? well i mean fuck that i was gonna talk about what i wanted to talk about okay we got the <laughs> tna stuff out of the way early and then i want and he could you could tell too he was like yeah we're gonna oh, no, 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 lock down no, no, no. okay yeah what's up so let's talk about all the other stuff that i do in my life yes i knew they were gonna cut in like they continually did that week yeah. ruined interviews so i had to get it in but i had where's curry man he said look from what i understand curry man has a problem with the drink and he's been having hard times lately so we and we haven't re- we haven't seen curry uh-huh. man since that point yeah so you know what we i listen I would be I, – I, I'll go this far, Rich. I'd be shocked if he doesn't do it at some point in this tour. Yeah. Not for a tournament match. I don't think they'll do it for a tournament match. But, the, like, yeah, a random six-man in the end or whatever. Yeah, why not? I think it'll make it appearance. It has to, right? It has to. There's no way he could do this tour without, without busting uh, out. See, now you're, you're working myself into a shoot now. If he doesn't, I'm going to be so upset. Let's, time, let's see the last time for Curry, man. Oh, that's, yeah, that's May, of, two, May of 2015. He pops up every so oh, often. Oh, he did but, pop up. Where'd he pop up as Curry? Uh, SWE Risky Business in Sheffield, England. He did it in England? Yeah, he did it again in England in SWE. All right. In 2014. And then uh, 
Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. So I, are we sure that he's allowed in the country? It's, it's, which is good though. <laughs> so Curryman is not allowed in America anymore, well, I, but that's a, this seems like a lock that he's going to do it then. Yeah. I mean, he's not allowed in America anymore. The last uh, American thing, uh, he did a, uh, oh, he, he pops up in one of the, uh, the one night only one of the TNA one night only. Oh, which one? A Joker's wild two is Ethan Carter and Kazarian defeated Curryman and Eric Young <laughs> on pay-per-view live on pay-per-view. Tremendous. But not live. Not live. Ta- tapes, tapes two years prior, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. On evergreen pay-per-view. <laughs> so what a concept. You know what I mean? Like, in 20 years, like, there's going to be a, a podcast that's breaking down those one-night onlys or whatever. You know, speaking along those lines, I think in 20 years and even beyond that the TNA footage is going to be, like, the holy grail of, of footage that people – of, like, undiscovered gems – Right, because who owns like TNA Lockdown 2012 on DVD? You know, and it's like so many people have hand waved TNA over the years and stopped paying attention and not caring that there's probably so many awesome matches that they've had that no one knows about. Except- yeah, I think Gary Kinney has a doc that that's going on. He's got a Google doc yes. that he's sort of operating. It's like, hey, look, here's a good match, and he even tweets it out, and nobody cares. Like everybody just ignores him, and he's like, okay, fine. Like it's like <laughs> yeah. people are like, are there any good TNA matches? He's like, here's a doc of like 150, and they're like, okay, whatever, dude. And then like, so like a, after so like that hour, nobody cares anymore. So think about so. it. Like a hundred years from now, when like the stench of TNA is it no longer smells right, and like there's this whole new three generations of wrestling fans away from us that gotta, don't know gotta, any better. You got a cheery outlook on the world. I don't know. And they <laughs> and they go back. No, those that follow me here. And they go back and they're like, this TNA, there's going to be all these, like, all these hyped matches from all these other promotions that, that are going to live on in wrestling lore forever. TNA doesn't have that for the most part. No. And it's like, but they've had good matches. I mean, let's be look, every now and then TNA has a great match. But like, they don't get hyped, so they won't be remembered. So it's like, whatever the PWO is of 100 years from now, where guys just microanalyze matches and stuff, you know what I mean? Like... They're going to discover TNA and discover this wealth of, of matches and footage yeah. that no one ever talked about. Like, yeah, whoever, whoever's the first one to do that, of really doing it, it might be Garrett. I mean, he might, but it, again, like you said, the stench is still there. So most of the work he's going to do, unfortunately, Garrett, sorry, is good, probably going to fall on deaf ears. But he'll be somebody. Somebody will find an, that archive of that Google Doc in 2040 and be like, oh, 100 good matches on TNA. Let's watch them and, and analyze them and discuss them. And yeah, there'll be a whole podcast and website devoted to. This this underground renegade How outlaw great organization. TNA was. That, I'm telling you, yeah. that's look. We're never. We might not be alive for it. That is going to be a thing. It's going to be how it's TNA is this great underrated promotion. Yeah, no one's going to care about the booking at that point. No one's going to care that they fucked this up and they fucked that up or whatever. It's just going to be no. Because it's going to be out of context. Yeah, you know, it, it, and and so it's just going to be about the matches and people are going to find and and they're not and they're not going to go back and watch. The terrible one. They're gonna go back and watch. They're gonna find all these great matches, and they're gonna watch them. And they're gonna be like, "Wow, how are these matches not talked about?" I'm telling you, it's definitely gonna be a thing. All right, let's get to the B block here. Sorry. Yes. Create the diversion. Joe Gannon doesn't do timestamps anymore, so you don't have to worry about that. Sorry. But <laughs> we can make any diversion we want and not have to apologize. But uh, B block, go to win Shivada. Any chance they win this? This will be my other team. But you, you do bring up a good point that maybe they'll be preoccupied with with Evil and Naito, so they won't need to you know win this. Now, look, here's the thing. I think there's about a half a dozen teams that could win. But mm-hmm. I really think the favorites are Makabe and Hanma. But unlike yeah. most years, the winner isn't completely obvious. This yeah, this is the team that could win. I mean, it wouldn't shock you if you, this team won. Right. The only thing that would be a deterrent for me would be or would they do a rematch of last year's Dome title match with Gallagher? Uh, New Japan? I think they would. <laughs> True. 
but I mean, it, if there's one company that wouldn't shy away from that, it would, it would be New Japan. But yeah, I, I agree that it'd be because then what do you I, do with Naito and Evil? Yeah, exactly. Then they have to face somebody, and that's yeah. Uh, Tenzan Kojima. No, you, any chance? Of them? I mean, you knew they'd be in it. I mean, you know. So yeah. Um, no, I don't think they. They no, no, I don't. No, I don't. Well, then again, what do they? Have? Speaking of rematches, yeah, they have nothing to do either. Right. So, so I mean, look, can I can I say that they have zero percent chance? No, I can't say that. But I wouldn't put their chances any higher than their vote percentage in the one Hall of Fame. So they have a twelve percent chance of winning this tournament. Yeah. That's probably who, who are those people. I don't. If you listen to this and you have an observer ballot and you vote for Tenkoji, just just talk to. We just want to talk to you. It's okay. We won't make fun of you. Oh, no, well, we will make fun of you. We will, but we just want to talk. I we just why. I just want to get in your head. I want to get in your headspace. We want to know why. What's yeah, the reasoning? It. Look, because it look you might look 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 man, they might come up with something that we hadn't thought of. Exactly. Or they might say, look, look, because they've been teaming together for on and off since what, like the late nineties, right? Yeah, mid-90s, exactly. Yeah. Mid nineties, even. I think it was 96 or 97. I think it's like the first time when I think I found that they were a team. Right. So it's like maybe they headlined a bunch of shows as champions that no one remembers that did good business. And maybe this person. And if you're and if you're someone who found that, who also thinks that they were a great tag team who had great matches, well, then maybe I you can justify throwing a vote their way. Maybe you can. If someone can make the argument that they're the most, you know, prolific tag team in New Japan history, and that means something to them. And I don't know. I would love to hear the angle, though. Yeah, we just want to hear. I just want to talk. It's okay. Then we'll make fun of you. But I yeah, but, but let's talk first before we rip you apart. But we will rip you apart. Yeah, uh, Naito Evil. Another one of the teams, you know that that you know. I mean, I, I just could win. The problem is, it's a weird dynamic to face Guns and Gallows. Yeah, it it, it wouldn't work. It'd be weird. So I'm kind of talking myself out of all these teams. and Yeah, but that's all right. And leaning even heavier towards Makabe. Well, that's what we do. We, we ruin all suspense and surprise. And, that's right. Because you know, we, we have to overanalyze and overthink everything. So even when surprises do happen, we've already... Like those AJ Styles, we've already ruined it in our own heads. We, we came up with the surprise five months ago and then spent too long analyzing it so that we ruined the own thing and then it happened again. So to be fair, though, maybe that makes it more fun than when there is a surprise. I don't know. Anyway, Nakamura Ishii. Zero chance. Yeah, yeah, zero chance. But they'll be fun. But that's good a good team. team. Yeah. You, you know, you're not going to skip those matches. Uh, AJ Styles and Yujiro. Yujiro's back. Hey, I think. Hey. Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows. Two Bullet Club teams in the same block. These are the champs. They're not winning. No. And then Matt Taven, Michael Bennett. Oh, boy. I mean, oh, what the fuck is this? Why? I don't know. Why? They love Maria's ass. I mean, and I, I, I'm, I don't mean that to be. I mean, that's legitimately the only thing you can it's really the say. Only reason they're here. I mean, like, I, I'm not doing that to be an asshole. I'm not doing that to be a misogynistic shithead. But that, I mean, that Matt Taven gets bookings because his tag team partner's wife has a great ass. Like that's they're not any good. That's legitimately the, the yeah. It's, I don't like them one bit. No. So that's uh, that B block is a little rough around the edges, but the B block is rough around the edges. Um, look. Taven and Bennett actually had a good tournament last year. They did. It was all downhill from there. And I have they become parodies of themselves, which is yes. shocking for this team. <laughs> which yeah. which for the, when you really think about the kingdom becoming a parody of the kingdom, that's but that's what their new Japan run is. It's just like a And and now, you know, all seven of their matches are six match how many? Seven. Six, six matches. All six of their matches 
are going to is it there's seven teams in each block right yep one two three four five six seven yep yeah. all six of their matches are going to be the junk that we saw against guns and gallows it's all going to be which partner is going to be hypnotized by maria not even being half naked yeah well let's 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 break this down every team go to shibata See, that's the hardest one. I think they're gonna be tough. I, they might just like kick her. They no might just like forearm her and like. They <laughs> like, might knock her off the apron. Shibata might just drop kick her and say, "Get out of here." Yeah. <laughs> I don't like women. I got no time for you. Right. It was a kicking ass. So, uh, Tenzan Kojima. I got Tenzan. Oh, Tenzan. Here. Tenzan, sure. without a doubt. Tenzan probably does that on his normal days, like <laughs> you know, smoking in some in some weird strip club or whatever. Like that. That's that's Tenzan to a T. Tenzan might dance a little. Could you see Tenzan yeah. dancing a little? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. you know, it's a, Kojima might have to knock some sense into it. I, I Tenzan all the way. Uh, Naito evil. I could see Naito sort of not a no sell, but he'll look at it. You know what I mean? Like he won't be shocked, but he'll be distracted. I see evil. Hopefully, he might just stare at it the whole time. He might just follow her the entire time. Maybe evil will looking at her. Maybe ass, evil yeah. will just kill her. Just suck her under. No, he grabs her underneath the ring, and then she never comes back. I mean, literally kill her. Maybe evil will just like she'll be doing her business right, and he'll just like bite her neck, and she'll just die. Maybe that's okay. how that'll go. I, I you know, I, listen. If they kill her off like Paul Bearer, I wouldn't have a problem with that. <laughs> I would have no problem with that. Nakamura Ishii. Okay, so this is exactly how this is going to play out, and and okay. I know that I'm right. She's going to do it to Ishii, and he's going to stand there. And tilt his head over like a like a like an un, like a child who doesn't understand. It's definitely going to be Ishii, and there will definitely be head tilting involved. Okay, that's how I see that one playing. Okay, we're holding you to that one. All right, AJ Styles and Yujiro. Oh, well, I mean, I mean, come on, come on. <laughs> okay, AJ, the king of the asses, the king of the asses, Yujiro. For this sure. is I mean. and this is clearly going to lead to the finish too. I mean, Yujiro oh, yeah. is not going to be able to resist these temptations. It might, the match might not even start. I, I don't think Yujiro is even going to be able to get in the ring. You know what I mean? Like, you know, AJ already fell for this once before, if you recall. Right. Like a six-man. He did the, He ended up dancing with Marie. Maybe maybe they're going to surprise you. Maybe there's a surprise. Like I said, we overthink it, but maybe there's our... You know, maybe Yujiro... Where Yujiro's like, no, dude, focus. <laughs> don't worry about the ass. Like, I have asses. I'll give you an ass after. Right. Maybe, like, maybe Yujiro is... I have foul. You can have her after. Just win this match. And, you know, AJ can't can't stop. He doesn't want a Japanese girl. He wants to... Maybe he's so oversexed that he's not impressed by Maria. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah, you know, like I, I, I get asked every day, yeah, "What the hell you think this is?" Like, to me. You know, I got I two women. Butts, for I you. see butts all day. Yeah, I, all you could be on something. Maybe yeah. Yujiro's women will pull Maria off the apron. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Mao. Maybe a Mao Maria feud. That. That's How a... do you know the names of these women? Oh, everyone knows Mao. No, no, Rich. Everyone does. I don't know Mao. Oh. How do you know oh. her name? Oh. That's weird. It might be. It might be a certain affinity for a certain type of woman that I. Oh, you dig these Asians, huh? Oh, of course. You know this. I know you dig the MILFs. Oh, yeah, you do like the Asians. That's right. Because we talked about, like, if there was an Asian MILF, you'd really be in trouble. Oh, yeah. Like, Gail Kim. Eugene Nagata's wife, wasn't it? Check this out. Like, Gail Kim in 10 years, you will not be able to resist those. I remember Eugene Nagata's wife. Oh, Eugene Nagata's wife. Oh, yeah. You're such a weirdo. She's not a babe. Oh, she was. She's the opposite of a babe. Yeah, you're wrong. Rich. You're just wrong. There's 22-year-old tw- women running around in yoga pants. Yeah, whatever. With these, with supple breasts 
and these 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 nice tight hard bodies. Yeah, I've been there, done and, that. And, okay. and you're looking at oh yes, of course you've been there. <laughs> you know me. You're, you uh, <laughs> all three times that I've been there and done that. Yeah, to, to yes. Supple-breasted twenty-two-year-old. Yes. But, yeah. and, and you're looking at Yuji Nagata's wife. Oh yeah. I mean, that's. I prefer Mao. I mean, let, let's be honest. I prefer the the supple Asian, but you know, gotta take what you can get. You need to come visit college. You need to come to a college town. You need to come visit me here in College Station, where not only it's a college town and there's you know 19 year old girls around all the time, but it's always warm. Okay, this is. A- yeah, that's that's the difference because boobs and 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 butts go away for like eight months here. Yes. Because they- like now until like mid-May, like, you don't see any woman yeah. at all. Everyone's just wearing sweaters, and you just assume everyone's from the 90s. And Yes, nothing... No, everyone's Elaine Bennis, and you're like, I don't know if they're hot or not. I can't tell. Right. They're all covered up. It never goes away here, okay? I'm constantly yeah. bombarded with 20-year-olds scantily clad. I'm constantly yeah. bombarded in that, okay? It's impressive. So, you know, you, you need to come visit here and, and see that. Um, you might have got a little taste of that WrestleMania weekend, but of course, you're too busy Ugh, getting married. I mean, geez. yeah, sorry. I mean, what are you doing? I'm not getting married on WrestleMania weekend for the. Well, I know. Like, that's your. People, because no, people are like, oh my God, why would you schedule on WrestleMania weekend? Like, it's not me, but. Yeah, it's, you know. I'm leaving for. These things the... cost money. It's. And I'm leaving for the excursion the day after WrestleMania. So trying to sell that of, hey, I'm just going to go to WrestleMania and then come back and then we can leave for the. Oh, uh, that's, that, that's, that, that's a hard sell. It's a, a tough sell. Yeah. I got, I got uh, a stare and I went, okay, well, listen, <laughs> fine. My offer's still on the table. I'll... The bachelor party? I know. I said, what about a bachelor party? No, forget the yeah, bachelor party. I got a better offer for you. How about yeah. I get ordained between now and April, and you guys just do the wedding and WrestleMania all in one shot. I'll take care of it. You can, I'm down. You could be married by Joe Lanza. Uh, that's a great story. I don't know. I don't know how you're not ordained yet. You know, I come to think. That seems like something you should do. It's not a bad idea, right? I mean, you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing. A little side gig I got, got going on yeah. there, you know. Um, but, you know, we could take care of all that all in one shot. We do the bachelor party, WrestleMania. Uh, we could skip Evolve because fuck Evolve. And then we can get you married. We could do it all in one shot. You know what I mean? Hi, everybody. Rob McCarron of Shake Them Ropes here reminding you to check out VoicesOfWrestling.com this week. Up on the website right now, Matt Trebby profiles the addiction as they enter the World Tag League Tournament this year. You can discuss everything New Japan Pro Wrestling on the Voices of Wrestling forums at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash forums. Chris Harrington returns with a new WrestleNomics radio this week as well, discussing all things WWE quarter three results. We appreciate all the support that you give to the website and our podcasts, and we love your continued support by using our Amazon affiliate link when you do your holiday shopping. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Amazon, shop like normal at no extra cost, and your purchases help support the growth of Voices of Wrestling. Check out Voices of Wrestling on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Downcast, and more. The podcasts are free, the website is free, the debate is free. VoicesOfWrestling.com We have a revolution, Joe, a classic wrestling revolution. Did you see this little blurb in The Observer? Is there a press release? Uh, essentially Dave copy and pasted a press release in here, but, uh, I'll read what he said. We didn't get the press release, so that's how I know it can't be a possible, but this is fun. I mean, we could, I, I have a little, there's a, something in here in this little quote unquote press release that we can, we can talk about. We might have a, a venture that we can do here, but uh, anyway, the classic revolution, uh, the classic wrestling revolution promotion has started making plans for a January launch. They're ready to go out of Las Vegas with Kevin Sullivan and possibly Mr. St. Laurent from the MLW audio shows as Booker. How's that work for you? With Jake Roberts as a trainer and with other names being leaked, including Joe Laurinaitis, a.k.a. Animal. 
Does that get you ready to go? So far, this reminds me of every... <laughs> oh, and Shane Douglas is a big part of this as well. <laughs> this reminds me of every 2002 post-WCW startup that had an X in one of the three letters. Or WWA. What was that one in Australia? Wasn't it WWA? They all had W's and X's in the names. Yeah, <laughs> WX. And they all would run like one taping and then quietly disappear. But go ahead. Okay. The man behind the CWR promotion. And they were all, they were all built around Kurt Hennig. But go ahead. Right. <laughs> yeah, he was the champion of like 17 different yes. turnbuckles. What was the one that Dusty Rhodes had? It was like turnbuckle championship wrestling, right? He had one as well. CW? Yeah, he had something yeah. to it. 